Film Room, your weekly extensive breakdown of New York Jets X's and O's. <laughs> now, here are your hosts, Joe Blewett. Stop route in the middle, curl. I actually like to start from Dahl. Maybe I want to see him get rid of the ball a little bit sooner as he sees the soft coverage, but I like how he leads him outside. Great freaking snag. That's a snag, man. And former Texas Tech All-American, current Arena League coach, and the hero of the Monday Night Miracle, Marcus, Marcus Coleman. Coleman. That is again by Coleman. You got to hand it to Marcus Coleman. He made the play earlier to pick it off in front of Gadsden, and then he read the eyes of the quarterback here. That interception is his third of the game, and that ties a Jets team mark. On Turn on the Jets Digital. And you are listening to the 32nd edition of TOJ Film Room. Uh, recording this literally the day after I just recorded the uh, Le'Veon Bell um, review. And I did say yesterday that um, I was going to put out a mailbag. And I did put out a mailbag before I even started recording that show. And like I said, I was expecting, you know, five, six questions. I think I have, um, let's see here, 27 questions. Um, so I'm hoping that you guys have some questions for next time uh, because that's a lot more questions than I expected, but I'm assuming you guys will have some questions so we can get deeper into film and stuff like that that um, some other shows can't. But like I said, 30-second episode, this is going to be a free agency preview where I'm kind of just going to run through the Jets free agents and show the list up, up on the screen with you guys. I'm going to go through the uh, the top free agents at each position. I'll use the website for that. And then we're going to answer all, not we're, but I'm going to answer all those, uh, those mailbag uh, questions. As I said, you can follow me on Twitter at JoeRB31. That's where I post most or all of my film reviews, all the film um, that I talked about yesterday that I'll be posting on the free agents that are coming up. And uh, I have 17 draft prospects done with all like anywhere from 20 to probably like 30, 35 plays. It's probably the average. I'll be posting all the strengths, weaknesses, and things like that. I'm not going to be doing write-ups, but I will be doing just a list of strengths and weaknesses because I just do not have the time to do all that because I do have a job. <laughs> um, but like I said, remember the mailbag. I'm going to probably pose that question like maybe once a week, maybe Fridays, whatever day I feel like it. Um, I'll ask you guys if you have any any questions for a mailbag, and I'll start doing a mailbag show like once a week, even if it's like a quick hitter, like 20, 30 minutes, and I do another show um, instead of tying into a show, depending on how many mailbags I get. But I'll definitely be answering some questions, uh, hopefully every week, if you guys want to keep having me answer questions every week. Uh, and like I said, you could just tweet me when I ask, or you could comment on YouTube. I have one of the questions from YouTube on this mailbag. And if you are from Reddit or whatever other website and you are, uh, you're not on Twitter, you can email me at blue at Joe T O J at Gmail. Um, and before we get into it, just a reminder to, to rate and review. I've said it many times that it helps us. And if you do that, uh, I'd greatly appreciate it, but let's get right into, um, the mailbag. I got to put this, uh, this little, window over my face because like I said I hate talking to myself it looks really weird uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done that but looking at yourself talk while you're looking at the computer is kind of uh, an awkward thing to do um, but I'm gonna do the questions in order and if you're not if your question isn't in by what's what's today the eighth to say the eighth um, if it's it's 340 right now um, eastern time so if you didn't get it in after or before that I'm just going to have to, uh, you know, put it to the next mailbag because some people are still like, still sending some questions uh, here and there. So um, first question, Mike Marston at Mike underscore Marston underscore Ken uh, says, based on the strengths at, based on the strengths of draft and free agency, if the Jets drafted Quentin Williams and signed a premium strong safety, have you reviewed a defensive system that could best utilize Leo Q 
Lee Adams and May and the new strong safety. And then in a later tweet, he says, do you believe Greg Williams can effectively implement said system based on your review of past defenses? I think it's really just about running big nickel and, and big dime, big nickel and big dime, obviously just instead of having um, three uh Corners come in or an extra corner come in, you have an extra safety come in. So you'd have that extra safety come in a uh, big dime. You'd have three safeties as well. Um, and I think, I think he could make, you know, three safeties work in the system. Strong safety. I think it's a little bit more difficult to, to fit into a three safety system than a um, true coverage type safety because of things I'll get into. Um, but Williams definitely likes the, ver- the versatility in the front seven, you know, athletic guys. I showed it when I did the film review, uh, what was it, like three weeks ago of, of Williams defense. There's a lot of movement, um, on that front seven and a lot of twists and stunts and things like that. So I think an extra safety instead of a linebacker, so you're, you're basically – you'd be like eliminating um, one of the linebackers. You'd still have Avery Williamson in the game. You're going to have uh, Darren Lee most likely at, at the will. And then instead of that strong side linebacker, whether it be in that 4-3 four, three, four, three under – uh, four three over or you know even three four you go three three you can go four two um, he did things like two four fives two five four so he's not he's not um, going to shy away from getting extra defensive backs in there a lot of people uh, when I first heard about Greg Williams were talking about like uh, Jabril Peppers and he's playing so high all the time and I saw Jabril Peppers and, and safeties down in the box on tight ends all the time so I think that's where Adams will be now with a extra strong safety kind of like what the Chargers did um, in the playoffs against the Ravens to shut down that running game. They brought in a lot of defensive backs, so I think they'd be really effective on blitz because they'd be able to get there better. Um, but you are going to give up a little bit more in the run game. Uh, but Greg Williams has definitely done that, so I, th- I think he could implement it. But now with coverages, it's a little bit more difficult because if they are running out you know, three receivers, if you're going to run out three safeties and you only have two corners you can truly cover, I think you're going to have to run a little bit more of the zones. Um, you're going to run more cover three robber. Um, we're going to have one of, you know, you're, you can show a two shell, a, a two high shell or a four high shell. You're going to drop one of those guys down um, into that robber role. And then you'll have Adams or the other strong safety, whoever it may be, um, probably go to that, that hook to curl or curl to flat. So it, it could work, but I would like it more if it was like a Tyron Matthew type of guy, where even if you do, even if you do sub him in instead of a corner, he could still guard the slot a little bit. I don't think he's as good of a slot corner um you know, type guys, everybody thinks he is. I watched him and I don't think he's that, that great, but he can do it. But he also has that capability to, to play in the box. He's really effective in the box and play too high, um, play deep safety. So I think that'll give them some versatility. I, th- I think if you are going to add a, um, a safety, a third safety, you're planning on playing a lot. It has to be a versatile guy. So you can run cover two, you can run cover three, you can run him cover one high. You can bring, because then you can still bring in Marcus May to the box. Marcus May uh, can play in the box as well. Um, and with the system, I, any any three man front, four man front, you can mix it up a lot. Uh, Leonard Williams is comfortable playing anywhere from zero to five. I think if you do get Quentin Williams, he's more of a guy who's going to be a zero to three. You don't really want him out four, four I, um, five. I, I think he's a little bit too big for that, and he's not as athletic as as Leo is, where Leo can um, run a, or move a little bit more than him. So you could find a way to make the, those guys work on the on the front, whether it be three or four. That's that's completely fine um, for me. So you don't really have to worry about those guys. Um, Lee is going to be Will in, in most of the defenses. He's a guy who obviously you don't want as a strong side linebacker who's taking on pulling uh, guards or fullbacks on kickout blocks, anything like that. So you want him as a guy who's, who's a true run and chase type player where he's not going to be taking on blocks you know, head on and you're using his uh, sideline and sideline speed and his, and his lateral movement to be able to 
um, make tackles, you know, backside pursuit tackles, things like that. So he would be, he'd be fine as that backside Sam, whether it be, like I said, four, two, five, three, three, five, there's not one specific system. Like, okay. Uh, uh, you know, a four, two, five big nickel. Like there's, there's plenty of things you could do to make that safety work. Um, like I said, it would be better if he was a versatile guy. So you can, you have more flexibility because you don't want to be pigeonholed into only playing those safeties and then being a little bit, um, kind of, in a bad position if they do run three receivers out there, which we know plenty of teams are running four receivers, three receivers out there, empty, all that stuff. So you don't really want to have to rely on safeties and man man coverage. But if you are going to run more zone, um, that's fine because safeties can get out to their spots, whether it be spot dropping or they're they're matching to their spot. Um, They could do that, but it kind of limits your defense a little bit with what you can do because, you know, with nickel, you do want three guys at least who can cover man to man um, in that nickel look. But I think they could make it work. I'm hoping if they do do that, um, they bring in a guy just like they wanted last year with uh, Tyron Matthew. We'll see if that uh, if that happens. But um, I like I like the idea if they can get him for for a cheaper price. So, all right, next question. I can actually pause now. I figure out how to pause when I'm drinking water, so I have to drink water, and you guys sit with five seconds of dead time on the show. So it makes it a little bit better. Um, next question from Kale Upshaw at Kaler Blind. Um, what separates Brian Burns from Josh Allen? Uh, and this is kind of a question where guys, I said it before. It's I, I know these players so well when I watch them, but watching so many players right in a row, I, I start to forget. So I did write a little bit of notes. Uh, but I wrote, uh, Burns is already a technician. You know, he has he has plenty of moves: um, chop, swipe, stab, long arm, club, rip, arm overs. I think he's really a technician with his hands. He's good at fighting with his hands. He's good at resetting his hands and uses his hands really well. He also has really good bursts off off the ball. Some great bend. Uh, really quick twitch athlete even though sometimes he's a little bit clunky with like his footwork and lateral movement you like to see him move a little bit better um maybe drop his hips a little bit more and, and shuffle more um kind of i don't know the word for it he's he's kind of clunky though like he's a great athlete but kind of but kind of like like a doofus at sometimes i guess I don't, I don't know how to explain it really uh i can show it to you on film and i do do his review um but he does have some issues in, in the run game because of strength that or because of his overall strength whether it be lower body or upper body so he you, you'll see him sometimes overset the the line opening um bigger gaps whether it be C, cd gap whatever it may be and then he has a problem um containing that edge and, and stacking guys and sometimes even in in his rush he takes in the full man a little bit um too much and even even times when he's when he's running that arc you know that arc to get to the quarterback and you're trying to get around that tackle you could see him if if the left tackle's athletic um and they don't get beat by one of his moves and they can counter his speed uh, they can push him right up that arc and right past the quarterback because he doesn't have that leg strength to hold up while he's bending the arc. Um, so that, that's, some th- that's some of his weak, like, biggest weaknesses. Um, you'd also like to see him with better leverage, like strength, setting, uh, like I said, setting a strong, the, the, uh, a strong edge. Sorry, um, Josh Allen, in my opinion, watching him, I, I was truly impressed and – He's more raw, um, but I think he has more athletic upside. You know, at his size, he he showed that really great mobility, the fluidity, um, the bend, the power in upper body. I like to see him get a little bit bigger um, from the waist down. I like to see him get a little bit more leg strength. I think he can add it. I think he's like he played at like 260, 265 during the season. I like to see him maybe get up to like 270. You know, all in the legs. I think his upper body is strong enough. Um, but he's he's great at bending the arc. He's aggressive hands. He has a great burst for his size because you look at you look at his like. Brian Burns definitely had a great burst and a better burst. He's more like I'm not going to even say fluid because he had, he was carrying almost 30 less pounds during the season, um, but the the burst difference isn't big enough um, with those two guys. When when Josh Allen was playing with you know 30 more pounds during the season, a lot of people will say, okay, well you know the combine and all stuff. And I understand that Burns tested great and that's that's fantastic because Burns 
I think I have him at four or five on my board. I think he's number four on my board right below Josh Allen, actually. Um, but, but tape matters. And I, what I saw on tape is that, uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm not sure if he can carry that weight yet. Um, I, I would have to see that on a game to game basis. It's easy to do it for one run, but can you carry that weight and have that burst consistently through the game? It's, it's easy, not necessarily easy, but it's a four second run. Now when you have to maintain that speed over a three hour game, um, can he do that? I'm not, I'm not too sure, but I really think it's about the fact that Josh Allen has a much better potential at being a, a, a good run defender. I also think that with Josh Allen, you see him bend that edge and bend that arc or, and rush up the arc, and he has the strength to to bend that that edge with that, that ankle uh, flexibility, with that uh, hip flexibility, and not get pushed up the arc because he has that power, uh, like I said, to fight back against that against that attempt to push up the arc, and he saw that that uh, the power to explode around and that burst to explode around, but hold his edge um, and get to the quarterback. So I think it's really about Burns being is more of a technician. Uh, I think, I think he's more refined at this moment, but I think Josh Allen in terms of his, in terms of his ceiling just has a higher ceiling than, than Brian Burns does. Uh, he's a guy who Brian Burns could be, I, I think easily, I think he will be a, a 10 to 15 sack guy a year. And that's great. Um, and I think he has a higher floor than Josh Allen has, but I don't think Josh Allen's floor is much, much lower. But I think Josh Allen has a really, really high ceiling. If if Josh Allen learns how to one convert speed to power better, which by the way, Brian's Burn, Brian Burns does not really have a high potential for speed to power, which is a big thing for for uh, guys who rely on their speed and who are those uh, those speedy type guys. Because listen, if you're a speed guy and you're going to consistently win with speed, and his speed does set up some counters and his hand movements, like I said, with the club rips and all these things that he, that he does do. But a big weapon you want to have with that speed is that speed to power ability because if offensive tackles are going to open up their hits or over or, 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 or sorry, open up their hips, overset you, or they're going to be on their toes because they're, they're trying to get into their kick step really quickly because you're so fast. When they're off balance, you want to be able to take advantage of that, you know, lowering your hips, getting, getting your elbows tight and, and exploding through their body and being able to, to bull rush them back into the quarterback. Josh Allen has that capability. I would see him do a little bit more, um, but I don't think Burns has that, that capability to be a great speed to power type guy. Um, where Josh Allen does, where I said, I think he's, I'm not going to say Khalil Mack because Khalil Mack is, is a crazy high upside, but I think he has the, the capability to be close to that level. I'm not saying he's going to be, but I think teams are going to be able to, or are going to want to risk a little bit more for Josh Allen because of that, uh, that capability. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of my thoughts. Um, next question, Gus at Gus, Gustin. Um, he asked, "Is there any? Or he asked, is there any scenario where you could see Leonard Williams being traded to try and recoup draft picks, particularly a second?" Um, he said, "By the way, I'm a big, or uh, by the way, I'm a Leo fan. Thanks. Um, honestly, I don't. I don't think it's worth it. I think with the Jets' lack of talent on this on this team right now, to trade him for a second round pick. What's what? When's the last Jets like really good second round draft pick? I, you know, Vlad Dukas, Stephen Hill, Devin Smith, all these guys. And you'd like to think that McCagan could just draft a great second round player, but he hasn't shown the capability of doing that. And you have to take that into account when you're when you're talking about second round picks. Uh, Leonard Williams is a guy who listen. I, I talked about with Marcus. I talked about this before, actually, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, Gustin, you might not have been listening, but shame on you. Um, but Leonard Williams is a guy who's not sexy to fans because he doesn't produce a lot, but he's asked a two-gap in a, in a three-four a lot, which is is not an easy thing to do and, and, and produce numbers. Not a lot of guys do that. Uh, you know, are a two-gapper and produce a lot of numbers, and he still does have a lot of quarterback hits and um, pressures and all that stuff. And, yeah, you do want to see it turn into more sacks, but I think with the Jets slowly transitioning more into a 4-3 and him penetrating and X to rush the quarterback um, more, especially if they get a guy 
um, or if they don't land a pass rusher, if they do transition to a 4-3, you're going to want Leo to rush um, because he would be the best rusher on this team, in, in my opinion. So I think his, I think he's going to have an uptick under uh, Greg Williams because you're going to see him one-gapping more. You're also going to see him use more of that athleticism on, on stunts and twists and all these things and gap exchange that Greg Williams likes to in, implement to his defense. So um, I just don't think there's many second-round picks that are better than him. People might even say Marcus May, but if you were being a realistic Jets fan, uh, at this point in their careers, if you had to have Leonard Williams for the next five years, regardless of the price, or Marcus May for the next five years, who are you really choosing? Marcus May was decent his first year. I think it's a little bit overblown. People saying that he was better than Jamal Adams or close. I don't think that's true at all, to be completely honest. Uh, last year, he played well when he was in there, but he's already been hurting, hurting a lot. So, um, And that's a, like, a, like a solid second-round pick for the Jets. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd just rather not. I'd rather keep the good talent that the Jets have, even though, you know, you draft him at six and want him to be a pro bowler just because he's not that all-pro, pro bowler type of level consistently. And maybe he's a slight – you know, he's a tad bit disappointing as a sixth overall pick. You can't just ship him off because he's a, he's not an all-pro pro ball player. He's a really solid player who might be on the borderline of being a pro ball player who under Greg Williams might be more of a pro ball type player because he'll have an uptick um, in those stats, I, I believe. But um, next question, Jim D, Jim Duel. So many numbers, one six two eight seven eight zero eight. Like, I don't know if that's your favorite number. You know, mine's pretty close to that as well. Or if somebody just had all those other numbers and you just, I, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe you're just not thinking. But uh, regardless, thank you for the question. I forget, like, I can usually, if I see a Twitter, I can usually, like, I can't recognize you off your name, like, right here, unless I've really interacted with you. Like, I know Gustin's got the Snoopy Ball picture. I know Kale. I know Mike Marson, obviously. Um, but usually when I see your Twitter picture, I can recognize you. I don't, I recognize, I don't, I don't know if I've interacted with this guy a lot. Um, it continues to look like Kyler will go number one overall. What are the chances the Jets try to swap with the Niners and take Bosa? This franchise can't go interior D-line again. Um, listen, man, I, I don't know if you listened to this show before, and I've talked about Quinn and Williams. I know I have a question about Quinn and Williams later in this, in, in this uh, show. Uh, because the Jets drafted Quinn Copels, or, or sorry, Wilkerson in 2011, who, who just gave up, and they, didn't, they, they re-signed him, and it looked like a good contract at the time. And if he was playing to his full potential, I think he could live up to that contract. But unfortunately, um, whether it be coaching or his own motivation, he just, he just stopped playing. So because of that, because of Quinn Copels, who's an outside linebacker, um, who didn't work out, who probably should have been a 4-3 defensive end, in, in my opinion, and Sheldon Richardson, who was a little bit of a head case because we drafted those guys – you know, over what six six years ago with Sheldon Richardson, I know I know uh, Leonard Williams was in 2015. You can't just pass up on Quinn and Williams because you, we drafted guys four or five, six, seven years ago. They're completely different players. It's a completely different coaching staff. It's a completely different draft. Um, now, if they were reaching for a guy, let's say like if it's like Ed Oliver, if if Quinn and Williams did not exist in this draft, let's just say he 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 didn't he didn't come into the draft, and you're talking about like Josh Allen, Burns, or whatever, and that people are talking about Ed Oliver at three. I would completely agree that they can't draft him at three. Um, but Quentin Williams is, is a beast. I, I, he's my number one player in the draft. And my board, I'm not basing it on a positional value. I'm just putting it – I just put my board based on how good of a player you are at your position or how high or low your upside um, could potentially be. I kind of have to weigh all those things you know, versus each other. So maybe, yeah, if, if we are at two or three or whatever and Bosa and Quentin Williams both fall, which obviously will not happen, but let's just say in a dream world that they did, may I take Bosa over Quentin Williams? Yeah, I probably would. Um, because of the position, it's a more uh, important position that he plays. But I think overall, I think Quinton Williams is the best player in this draft. So you can't skip on the best player in this draft um, and take a guy like a, a Josh Allen, who I think, like I said, I think it's I think it's both the Quinton Williams on their own tier or on tier of their own. And I said I've been saying this for months. I heard that somebody else said this, whoever somebody referred to on Twitter, but I've been saying this for months. Um, it's Quinton Williams. Uh, Bosa 
on a, on tier one, tier two by himself, I think is is Josh Allen, and then everybody's on a tier below that, a tier three, um, however you want to rank tiers. But you're not going to pass on a tier one player, an elite talent, because the Jets drafted Sheldon Richardson and Muhammad Wilkerson, you know, almost you know eight nine years ago. Um, now, if you do want to, the chances that the Jets, uh, you know trade up to the, to the Niners and take Bosa if Kyler does go one, um, which I don't understand why. I don't really like him. I don't really love his game. I don't think he, I, I think it's, he's a little bit overrated. I think he seems like a little bit of a douche and maybe a little bit immature to me from what I've seen, to be completely honest. Um, but it, it, in my opinion, to move up those two spots, it's probably going to cost right about like they're probably their two thirds, maybe another fourth or, or fifth to move up to just one spot. Um, that's, that's, throughout history that's kind of even if, even if it's just two-thirds is it really worth two third round picks to move up to draft uh nick bosa over a guy like quinn williams in that opinion no way no way i'm not giving up i wouldn't give up one pick to draft maybe maybe a seventh a sixth to draft bosa over quinn williams but i think quinn williams is, is the better player and the safer player in this draft so i'm not i'm not trading two third round picks and potentially a fourth or a fifth uh, or a fourth and a fifth just to move up one spot um because i don't think the gap the gap in there uh, potential or positional value, whatever is that is that high. So I don't I don't agree with that take um, that the Jets can't go into your defensive line again because Quinn Williams is an absolute savage. To be completely honest, um, now the chance that they trade up if Bosa is at two, I don't think it's a great chance either because the Jets are already hurting for picks a lot right now, and they have a ton of holes to fill. Now if the Jets were a team for whatever reason, let's say like the the Colts or something like that, or a team who you know had an injured quarterback and they 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 played really poorly. Let's say let's say Sam Darnold. Um, got injured all year, and the Jets finished. You know, that's not even a good example. Let's say it's like the Saints. Okay, let's say it's, let's say it's the Saints who are here. Their, their team is really, really good. Um, Drew Brees went down for the year, but they lost a lot of games because their backup quarterback came in, and they only won three games. Now you might want to trade up a couple of spots to take Bosa because that's probably the the piece you need, or the one piece to put you over the edge to to get you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that that's fine. But when you when you need so many things in your team to throw away draft capital, I don't think the Jets are going to be looking to trade a lot of picks, whether it be in the draft or or free agency this year. Um, next question, Gary from NY. I know who this is at Gary, the New Yorker. We get it. You're from New York. <laughs> um, I'm from New Jersey too. I, I like the pride. Um, who do you like more as a fallback option based more on tape than age? That's very important in this question based more on tape than age. Um, Mark Ingram or Tevin Coleman. Ingram is 29. Coleman's 25. So that, that does play a, a, a part in it. But if we're just going based off tape, I'm going Ingram 10 times out of 10. Um, I, he's an all around type running back. He can run in between the tackles. He can run zone. He can, he can, uh, catch passes. Um, he's effective at put, uh, picking up blitzes from, from what I've seen, uh, where Coleman is just more of a receiving back and even receiving back. He's never, he's never had, and I, I saw this, this, uh, this, this tweet or this, uh, this whatever stat from Joe Caparoso, but I'm allowed to some turn on the jets. Um, he, Coleman has had three career hundred plus rushing yard games, uh, which is not impressive in a five, six year career, whatever it is. And he's never been over 425 yards. And I understand he's, he's splitting with Freeman, but that's still not really impressive numbers. And every time I watch him, like I, I see some nice plays, but I'm never really truly impressed where I watch Ingram run. I think he's patient. I think he's a, he's a power back, but he's also pretty elusive and he has, he's pretty flexible and has good hips for his size. He's a blocker. He's definitely all around type of guy where the Jets, if they don't land Bell, they're looking more for a guy who could be that lead back. 
Um, now he's not going to take, you know, 20, 25 carries a game. They're probably going to going to play guys like Powell if they've resigned him, which I don't think they will actually, um, or more like McGuire or, or maybe Crowell if they keep him or a draft pick. I don't think he's going to be running to the ground, but I think they're still looking for that lead back type of guy. If you have T- Telvin Coleman, McGuire, Cannon, and you cut Crowell, that's kind of like redundant. Like you have guys with a lot of the same skill set. Even though I'm not putting Cannon on their on their skill set as all or at all, and I think Telvin Coleman is better than McGuire, but based on tape, I almost said Melvin Ingram, but I meant Mark Ingram. I might have said that. I always do that with those two guys, but I think he's a much better back in in my opinion. So if they had to go with one of those guys over, um, you know, Bell or not over Bell, but if Bell signed somewhere else, I'm definitely taking Ingram. Uh, now with Ingram, you're gonna have to give him a lesser contract, most likely. I don't think he's gonna get as much as Coleman. Um, maybe it's pretty much the same actually, but I think you're only gonna give Mark Ingram like maybe a year or two guarantee if he's willing to take that. Where Coleman might get, you know, three years guaranteed and things like that. So, um, but based on film, I definitely like Mark Ingram more than Telvin uh, Coleman. Where Telvin Coleman. He's an, he's an outside he's he's an outside zone type runner. He's a he's a receiving back, but he's not going to be a guy who's going to be able to stick his head down for extra yardage or run between the tackles. So I don't think he offers a ton of versatility. Um, and like I said, I, th- I think it's a little bit redundant. Um, next tweet from the home team at the home team team NYC. Uh, work on scenarios they turn those draft picks into Noah Fant, Bradbury, and Risner. Um, even if it means less picks overall, three studs is better than four, maybe average or outright bust. Uh, then he said, "Wall with a crying face." Um, also goes on to say or mention that Gase uses a lot of two tight end sets. Uh, this is a film show, and I think people know me as uh, you know. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the film. I'm a film guy for for uh, Jets fans. Uh, I'm not saying like I'm the film guy. I didn't mean it's, that it sound douchey because it kind of does. But uh, this is definitely a, a film show, and I watch it, so I, I, I pretty much I, I know a decent amount. The Jets do not – or Gase did not use a lot of t- two tight end sets. So I don't know where you got that opinion or if you heard that somewhere. Whoever said that, they're wrong because he was primarily 11 personnel. If it wasn't 11, it was it was more 10. Um, but 11 personnel showed up a, a, a crap ton in the games. He did not use a lot of two tight end sets. He'll use them. So you can obviously pull up examples of it. But there, he, he was not a heavy two tight end set. It was it – was, 11 personnel uh, almost all the time, just like the Steelers film I was showing you the other day. So, um, and also it's not going to happen. Obviously this is more of like, this is more like a funny type question. Uh, you can tell what people are saying the, the LOL after lol, whatever you want to call it. Um, and those guys are not even, they're not even studs. You know, Fant is, I, he, he's a receiving guy. Uh, he's not going to offer you much in the, in, in the, uh, in the, uh, in, in pass blocking or run blocking or anything like that. So he's, he, he's not my favorite tight end. I'm my, um, I like Hawkinson. I was doing his film uh, and I, he's, he's so freaking good, but Fant's not a home run. I, I don't think. And, and if you put him into the game in those two tight end sets, or if you draft Fant, um, if you are in those 11 or 10 personnel set, not, well, not 10, but if you're in 11 personnel sets, then you're choosing him or Herndon. Um, where if it is Fant in 11 personnel set, you're, you're going to get the impression that they're going to pass if he's in line because he, or, you know, if he's in line because, uh, they're not going to run block with him. Um, where if Herndon, who's an all around guy, is in 11 personnel, they can run with them. So I don't think Fant's a home run because then you're then you're putting too good. You're you're going to have to force him into the game, and you're going to have to force more 12 personnel sets, 13, uh, 22, whatever it may be. So I don't think it's necessarily a great fit um, for the Jets if they're going to get a tight end. I think it has to be more of an all around type of guy. Bradbury and Risner, you know, you're talking about the you know the, the center and the uh, offensive tackle. Um, those are guys who are going to be like mid to late first round picks. Are they home runs? No, they're not. So I'm not going to, you know, mortgage my entire draft to go up to get guys who are, you know, good. And I think they they all deserve to be first round guys. Um, whether it be you know t- you know in the near the top ten or maybe in the teens, the, the 
early 20s, um, none of those guys are home runs. They're not. I'm not going to trade um, down from three, taking guy like Josh Allen or you know Quinn Williams or Bosa or whoever it may be for one of these guys, and especially not mortgage the rest of my draft to get one of these guys because, like I said, it's it's for, it's force feeding it. Uh, I don't like tight ends who are just receivers because then you, you're tipping off the defense. If they're going to get a tight end in this draft, get Hawkinson. Uh, not not a fan. Even though I do really like fan. He almost is like a wide receiver, but just like a Gasecki last year, that, that that cannot work out at, at times. Even though I do think fans a higher uh, and better prospect than than Mike Gasecki was coming out last year. But um, next question, Michael Christopher um, at Big Dogs with a Z, uh, thirteen eighteen. Can you explain why there's why is there such a big gap between Bosa, Quinn, and Williams on the elite level, and then after them, everyone else? What makes Quentin Williams so special elite uh, that he is a top three pick. Why should the Jets seriously, seriously consider him over um, Josh Allen? I think with Nick Bosa, everybody knows he's really technically refined for his, for his weight. He carries it well. Um, good flexibility. I think he's a little bit tighter than some people say, but he's really, really good with his hands. He has a lot of pass rush moves. Um, and he's a technician. Just He's a technician, like, technician and, to a certain extent, a physical freak. And with guys who are technicians and physical freaks, you're not going to miss a lot on them. And he's obviously coming from a bloodline of NFL guys. So he has a really, really high uh, floor. In my opinion, he's not going to be a guy who's averaging less than 10 sacks a year. Um, I don't think his, his ceiling is necessarily as high as some other guys, um, but he's like a can't-miss prospect, and that's why he's so high, where the guys below him are, are a risk, where Bosa can, can play um, in the running game. He can play 4-3, and he can play 3-4 outside linebacker. So he's a, he's a can't-miss type prospect, even though I said I think he's a little bit overrated um, from fans. And in my opinion, I think he does have, have some weak to wor- or weaknesses he needs to worry about. Um, his injuries a little bit, and and Quinton Williams, man, I, just to go over some of the some of the uh, some of his like strengths and his his film is elite. Where I'm, I was watching his film and I I felt like I like gypped him. I recorded like 30, 35 plays. And I felt like I should recorded sixty because there's like there's not many plays I had where I like brought up a question or it wasn't like just eye popping wow type of play. Like every single rep he takes, I was impressed. Like there wasn't a lot of plays. Where it was like, Oh, he didn't really do much there. Um, he does have some weaknesses. Like I, I think, uh, anchoring versus anchoring versus, uh, combos and things like that. I think he plays a little bit high at times, but he's, he's a young kid and he has a lot. To, he's a lot to not, not a lot to learn. I saw actually Scott sent me a tweet the other day. Somebody said that he, um, he is he, he's a raw prospect. If you think Quentin Williams is a raw prospect or you're following somebody who thinks Quentin Williams is a raw prospect, please do not take their opinion for, for any weight because that is, that is one of the most ridiculous things I've heard. But he moves really, really well for a 300-pound-plus guy. He has, just like Bosa, even more than Bosa, I think he has an absurd amount of really effective pass rush moves from swab, uh, swipes to clubs to arm overs to bull to bull jerks to spins to rips to fork rips to double swipes. Um, to single swipes. He knows how to dip his shoulder. He knows how to get skinny. He knows how to stack his moves. He knows how to link his hands and his feet where you want your hands and your feet linked because if your hands are moving, your feet aren't moving to get that gap or to move your hips to get into that gap and penetrate, then um, it kind of limits your effectiveness. He knows how to link his hands and his feet. Um, his hand placement his counters, the, the the power that he has, the power plus the the agility he has. He plays freaking hard. Uh, he knows blocking schemes uh, better than anybody. It looks like at times when he's playing that the team or the offense literally went up to him. Okay, we're running, we're running outside zone to the to the right, or hey, we're gonna we're gonna trap block you, or we're gonna down block you, or we're gonna try to steal you to the backside, or we're gonna try to reach you, or we're, we're gonna try to to cut you off like um he just he, he's just so freaking smart on top of being dominant um in terms of his technique 
and being a, just a tough player who plays hard. He's no character concerns. Um, he has no injury problems. Um, he plays a great leverage. Uh, for the most part, there are some times where I said he comes up a little bit high. He dominates at the point of attack. He knows how to use his hands. He knows how to be either aggressive or he knows how to be a little bit more passive on the line of scrimmage, um, you know, making that offensive lineman shoot his hands first you shoot your hands first against Quentin Williams and you don't land it or you're a little bit off you're, you're screwed because he's he's gonna throw you back into the quarterback or he's gonna you know swipe it or, or or arm over you or bull jerk you whatever it may be because he's 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 really really impressive I cannot that's one of the guys I'm truly like really really um excited to um you know, do a film review on, and I'll, I'll do a film review on here. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll bunch him and Ed Oliver into one show. Maybe I'll just do a show of him by himself, but I'll definitely post him up on Twitter as well. Um, next question, Bill Mon. If I, if I, if I murder some of your names, don't, don't kill me for it, but I think it's Mon, um, at Monny02. What is your personal ideal free agency draft? Um, everyone seems interested or seems to have their own twist, but interested in your take. Um, I think helping Sam Darnold is the number one thing that the Jets need to do. Um, and with that being said, I think, or I don't think Bell is my number one free agent I want. Paradis is number two, and Roger Saffold is number three. And a lot of people might be saying, you know, defense, defense, what about, what about Flowers? Um, the top of the draft where the Jets are picking, to me, it feels like they're getting, unless they trade down, which we'll talk about in a little bit, because I know there's, there's probably going to be a question about that. Um, they're going to get front seven help in the draft. So yeah, if there wasn't now, if the all now if if the top of the draft was offensive line guys, maybe I would want you know uh, Trey Flowers as my number two guy. But I think that in free agency, um, they need to get three guys for for Darnold. Obviously, Bell. We just did uh, you know four hours, five hours about him talking about him. Um, he's an elite playmaker. I think he's probably the fifth best playmaker in the entire NFL right now in terms of offense. Uh, Paradis is a top five most likely center, uh, top ten easily. And Saffold's a really good left guard. He's a little bit older, and even Paradise is a little bit older. Um, one Paradise has been playing for only five years because he was drafted late. Saffold's been in the league for for quite a for quite a while, but it's it's not cornerback or receiver or running back. You could play into your mid thirties as an offensive lineman and still play really really well if you're if you're technically refined. Um, but so I, it would be those three guys right in a row. Help Donald. Listen, I, I was he was my number one guy. If you've been following the show for a while or me for a while, you know how high I was on him. And I said uh, before he even played one snap for the Jets and before the Jets even drafted him, I think he has a potential to be a top three to five quarterback in the league. I really do think he has a potential. So you need to surround that guy with as much talent as he possibly can and, and, and let him flourish. And, um, and let, you know, sorry, I just got a weird text from uh, – one of my buddies, but um, yeah, let him. You need to let him flourish. Now, looking at the defensive side, and with saying um, that about outside linebackers uh, in terms of Trey Flowers, I think they need corner more than more than outside linebacker because, like I said, they're going to get that front seven player. The Jets have no corners, literally no corners. They have Tremaine Johnson, Roberts is a free agent, Claiborne's a free agent, Screen is a free agent. They do not have their number two and three corners, and your and, and teams are primarily nickel. I think it's people people overstate that a little bit, like oh well, you're a nickel. When you're a nickel, you're you're either you're either, you're usually in a three three. Um, yeah, you're either in a three three or you, or you're still in a three man front. This one's, I'm sorry, I'm distracted. You're usually in a three man front. Still, if you're a nickel as a 3-4 and you're still going to two-gap, if you were in a four-man front and a 4-3, you're going to play a 4-2, whatever it may be, um, you're still going to penetrate. So it still matters your defensive front, your philosophy, 
Um, so don't just say, oh, well, they're nickel, and like every nickel defense is the same. That's not true at all. So I think people don't understand what nickel really is. I think nickel, oh, it's nickel, so everybody plays the same nickel. That's not, um, that's not, you know, that's not the case. Um, but they need a corner, like I said. So whether that be uh, Darby, Roby Coleman, um, I believe you get Roby Coleman's available. Um, Bryce Callahan, they need guys. They, uh, Bradley Roby, even though I'm not as high on Bradley Roby, he looked good his first couple of years in uh, Denver, but once he was thrusted more to a, in, into a bigger role um, this past year as Akeem Tlaib left, he didn't look that great really at all. He got burned a couple of times, but the Jets actually looked really bad that game, but they need to address that. Even if it's re-signing Claiborne and then just getting a guy like uh, – like a Darby. Do I love Claiborne? No. People know this that I've who've been following me for for any amount of time really. I'm not a big Claiborne fan at all, but um I think cornerback because of the draft and how that's setting up is a bigger need. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bell Bell Paradise Saffold and then get get a corner or two. Um and obviously listen, if I can say my perfect free agency, they find a way to get Bell Paradise Saffold, Jesse James, uh, you know, Golden Tate and Roby Coleman and all all these guys. Um but that's that's not the case. So I'm going to say those three guys and 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 get a corner or two. I think is is realistic. Um, moving on, and also I I think I think another uh, kind of adding on to that. Um, I think adding another guy on offense to um, those three guys. I think you could get whether it be a Jesse James. I think Jesse James is a guy who can who can block and who could uh and who can you know pass catch pretty well and runs some pretty good routes. Pretty athletic. Um, but I want to see another offensive player as well. Bell. And then maybe a, a Tate or a Crowder. Um, I know people. A lot of people are talking about Humphreys. Humphreys, I think, is getting a little bit overpaid for what he actually for what he actually does. Um, and I think people are kind of overlooking Tate. Tate's a little bit older. I think he's thirty years old. Um, but something that's really a, a big thing in Adam Gase's offense from reviewing reviewing it is he lo- he runs a lot of screens, a lot of bubble screens, a lot of smoke screens, a lot of tunnel screens, all these things. And wide receiver blocking is important in his offense. And I think a guy who has an aggressive type mindset, um, you know, as, as uh, Golden Tate does, that, that, that's going to be big because there's a lot of times last year where I'm watching Adam Gase film and he's a guy like Danny Amendola blocking or Devontae Parker blocking and they just take terrible angles or there's not aggressive enough in that blocking um, scheme. Now, if you have, you know, a guy like uh, Tate and Crowder, or not, sorry, not Tate and Crowder, uh, Tate and Anunwa, and then you run out another receiver who could get some yak. Um, you have two guys who are really, really great at uh, running after the running after the or one guy who's really great at running after the catch, and two guys who are really blocking. I think that's a big difference. Now, it, you know, do people think, oh, well, how is his, how is his wide receiver blocking? Like, how is he at stock blocking? But that's something you should actually think about. And I think Tate, um, not only being able to run with the ball, you know, for that yak yardage, he's he's probably he's the best yak guy in Fradency right now. He can also block so. For what Adam Gase wants to do, I think that Golden Tate's probably the best option, even though he's a little bit older. Like I said, you're only going to sign up for like two, three years, you know, max, maybe just two of the year, years being guaranteed. Or I think Crowder's another really good option. I think he's coming off of injuries, but the Jets medical staff has actually been pretty good at keeping these guys healthy. Um, and he's a yak guy as well. Not as good as Tate, but the last year or the last couple of uh, years he's played with the uh, Redskins, he's shown that he has the uh, the ability to get that yak. So I think adding one of those uh, weapons along with those uh, three guys, Bell, Paradis, Saffold, a couple corners, and then another offensive weapon, I think is what I'm realistically wanting to happen. So, All right, next question is from Gray. Yep, Gray at Gray2820. Um, 
what are your thoughts on the Jets getting Matt Paradis and what uh, would the contract look like? I just talked about Paradis. He's my, he's my second guy that I want in free agency. I think he's probably a top five center in the NFL. And I know he's about 29, 30 years old. But like I said, he was drafted at like 24, 25. He's only played two, uh, five years in, in the NFL. And over the last couple of years, he's been one of those top five guys, in, in my opinion. Um, so I, I think when you're looking at a contract for a guy who's a top five guy for any position, really, if you're, if you're in the top 10, maybe in the top 15, depending on the, on the positional value, you're going to get the next biggest contract for the most part, um, especially in free agency where people are going to overpay because people are desperate and like the Jets have hundred million or, you know, right around a hundred million dollars to spend. So you might get paid a little bit over what you're worth, which continuously happens in free agency. So you're looking at probably a little bit over $11 million to, to be completely honest. Alex Mack is getting paid the highest uh, contract as a center, a little bit over $11 million. Travis, uh, Travis Frederick from the Cowboys is getting a little bit under $11 million. So I, I think you're starting at $11 million. You might have to go as high as 12, 12 and a half um, to add paradise. And people might say that's a little bit too high. I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, adding a top, you know, five center to, to Sam Darnold in this offense is going to help him extraordinarily. And I said this before, listen, the run game was terrible. He threw any, you know, more 10 plus um, third downs and, and 10 plus fourth downs in the NFL, which did not help him at all um, to stay on the field uh, to, to, you know, opportunity to make more plays, to take more shots on second down. Listen, when it's, when it's second and nine, second and eight, instead of second and three, you're not going to take as many shots to Rob Anderson and things like that. So having guys who can run block and play overall, give him more time in the pocket, um, he could be deadly in my opinion. So paying him an extra million or $2, um, I think it's fine. So I think you're starting at 11, probably going to go to maybe 12, 12 and a half. It's all about supply and demand and people have money to spend in free agency. And some people are desperate. The Jets are desperate at center right now. There's not a lot of centers out there in free agency who they can sign. So they're going to be go- willing to go a little bit over maybe than what they even should, um, but so are other teams. So it's going to keep driving up the price, and he's going to go uh, for the money or at least you know, relative to the money. Listen, if he wants to play really badly in New England, but New England's only offering $8 million and the Jets are offering him 12 and a half, he's probably going to come to the Jets for that, for that money. So um, that's probably what you're looking at. But uh, Paradise is the he's, – he's the number two guy that I want. I want him to be signed the, the first day. Uh, next guy, Brett the Jet at Sporty Quips. Uh, what do you think May Ceiling is – if he can stay healthy in 2019, um, I think he's a very solid player. I don't think he stands out, you know, fantastically in any area. I don't think he's fantastic in the run game. I don't think he has fantastic speed. I don't think he has great, like, like the best range. But I think he's a pr- pretty solid player, you know, all around. He can cover uh, relatively well. Uh, he doesn't cover man a lot, but he's, he has the capability to do that. He can play deep center. He can play two. He can play three. Um, he can, he can match a little bit, like I said, on in man, but he doesn't do it a ton. He can also come down to the box. I think he's really, really good in the box, uh, in his first year and Jamal Adams was definitely better than him, but I think he's a better tackler and a safer tackler than Jamal Adams was because Jamal Adams, we, we saw a lot of his first year, we even saw a little bit this year, him kind of nipping at the ankles a little bit and diving too low. Um, Marcus May, when he was asked to, to, uh, to tackle, he was really, really good, whether it be in the box or just, or just containing a run from being 40 yards versus 15 yards. Um, so I think he's a very solid all-around player. I don't think he's ever going to be at Jamal Adams' level because Jamal Adams is elite in a run game. But I think uh, Marcus May, if he's healthy, could be a very solid player. Maybe he makes a Pro Bowl or two in his career. That's that's the higher side. Um, and if not, I think he's going to be you know, a solid starter who you're happy with at, at free safety for, for the next couple of years, obviously, like you said, which is a big question. You know, if he can stay healthy. Um, so that's something we have to say. Next question, Robert Lee at Jetsbum2004. Um, 
do you think the Jets would use their two third-round picks as trade capital for D Ford? Um, it's going to take much more to land D Ford than than two third-round draft picks. I think you know that, but I think you're just throw, you're saying that to throw that in there. Um, would they throw that in there? I don't because one, I think the Jets are going to slowly transition into a four-three under under Greg Williams, and he doesn't fit that four-three um, scheme. I know they said three-four, and I said it before. I think the Jets are going to play you know three-four this year. And they're going to see more uh, four-man fronts slowly transition to four-man slowly transition because all the guys they know right now, or or not all the guys, um, there are definitely some guys who can play in a four-three. But you still have to learn a four-three defense, so it doesn't just take okay. Well, now you know you came in for one summer. I know your entire defense. Where Greg Williams has an extremely uh, complex system, so it's going to take him a couple of years to transition one with uh, one with with personnel and two with their players. And I don't think D Ford's a, a fit for that. And I also don't think the Jets have the draft capital um, to do it. Um, or, or, or kind of the, the capability. Like I said, if you're a team like New England or the Saints who, who needs that one player, you know, or who thinks they need that one player to, to make the Super Bowl next year, then sure, go ahead, do it. But the Jets are so far away from that, maybe two, three years away. Um, they need to hit on these draft picks. And they need to build a foundation. They can't just just uh, just trade all these picks. So I don't think they would, and I, I personally wouldn't do it anyway, um, unless they're going to get him from a, for a bargain. I'm obviously not going to say, oh no, I don't want want a D Ford, but it has to be a, a good deal, which I don't think they're going to get because there are going to be people who are willing to give up, you know, multiple draft picks for him, including first round draft picks uh, for D Ford. So it's not going to happen. Um, next one, uh, Kyle Hedgespeth. Um, uh, K Hedge 48. Uh, can you explain how the Jets defense will operate in a 3 4? Will they, stay, will they still penetrate like Williams' defenses in the past, or will they stick with more two gapping? Um, like I said, they're, they're still going to run a lot of four man fronts, a lot more than the Jets did last year, and, and I don't think they're going to uh, be two gapping a lot. Now, are there going to be some instances where they're going to be two-gapping? Two yeah, sure. There's, gonna, there's always instances where, where guys are going to be two-gapping. There was instances where Greg Williams two-gapped last year, uh, just like or, or uh, even like the Patriots. The Patriots two-gap and they penetrate. But because of Williams' defense, and one of the things he loves to do is a lot of, like I said, penetration, um, gap exchange stunts. When you're, doing, when you're running that type of defense, when you're really attacking certain gaps, you can't two-gap. If, if, if everybody on the defensive line is going right, I, I can't explain it without like having having a, a freaking chart up. But when you're when you're gap exchanging and stunting so much, you can't be two gapping. There's just way too much movement for it. You need a lot of guys, a lot of movement to create uh, gaps. And like I said, you're attacking those gaps. So even if they are running a three four, they're they're no doubt about it going to be more penetrating than than two gapping because of that um, gap exchange and, and twist and stunts. Like I said, because that's that's a staple of of Greg Williams' defense. So even if they are going to kind of push him into doing more three four stuff. It's gonna be more of a, it's gonna be more of like a hybrid three four with more penetrating. So I, I that's definitely my thoughts on that. Um, next one, Dave Early at David Early. Uh, what made them think with them being Jets think Greg Williams was the right choice for for uh, D coach? Seems weird in terms of defensive coordinator. Um, how can we get them to try to trade down and also avoid overpaying at running back? Um, I think one Greg Williams is a is a highly touted defensive coordinator. He's been in the NFL for a very very long time and a very respected um, you know defensive coordinator and a guy who a lot of pundits and even I thought that he should have been a head coach of the Browns. So you're getting a very very good defensive coach. So it's not it's not really weird to me that they're bringing in a, a great defensive coach um, better than Todd Bowles in my opinion or. Definitely better than Todd Bowles, in my opinion. And there's also a connection between Gase's father-in-law, uh, Joe Vitt, and Williams. It's like, the, you know, they coach together with the uh, with the Saints, you know, bounty, the whole Bounty Gate thing. 
Um, but Joe Vitt actually told Adam Gase, I believe this is true. Can't be 100% because you can't believe what everybody tells you, but, but he wanted him to hire uh, Greg Williams coming from the Rams, but the Browns ended up hiring uh, Greg Williams. So there's a connection. And Greg Williams is a great defensive coordinator, so I don't see why that's really that weird. Um, and you see that with Greg Williams and his success for, for certain quarterbacks. And the fact he's been in the NFL for so long um, and getting you know consideration for head coach shows you that he's a good coach. And uh, go and look at some of the stats. And I don't, I'm not a big stats guy, but every like good quarterbacks that Greg Williams plays, he he's they have a lower QBR versus him. So he's 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 a really really good coach. Um, trading down and how can we get them to trade down? Um, Listen, the thing with trading down is it's, it's, it's a great theory if you hit on all those picks. If, if you're a fantastic draft, drafter and you can trade down to 7, 8, 9, and you can get a great player, that's awesome. And then if you can hit on those second, third, fourth round picks, extra picks that you get, that's, that's great. But the problem is, look who's drafting. And you ha- like I said, you have to th- take that into consideration. Do you trust McCagney with a whole bunch of second, third, fourth round picks? And I know he's made some good picks. You know, Shell was, de- was a decent pick. I think Shell is still below average starter. Jordan Jenkins is, is decent. Um, you know, Chris Hernan could be pretty solid. Um, but his overall track record said he, he can't really hit on anything after the first round, um, which hitting on the first round is still important. I, I don't, I, I disagree with the people who say, okay, well, you know, it's a gimme. It's not a gimme. There's, there's plenty of Jets picks in the past who are first round picks who, who missed, um, whether it be, you know, Kyle Wilson, D Milner, Quinn Copels, like I could go on, uh, Vernon Golston, you know, so it's not, it's not just like a short thing. I think you have to be happy with his first round success. Um, you wish the Jets weren't picking so high all the time, um, and you should expect it, but you still have to – it's still a thumbs up for McCagden in, in, in the first round, even though it is so high. Um, but I, do I trust him to, to make those picks in the second, third round and, and having the difference between a guy like a Josh Allen, Quinn Williams, or maybe a guy, whoever he drafts at 8, 9, 10, wherever it may be? I, I don't think it's worth it. So unless the Jets are getting a true haul, I don't think the Jets should, should trade down, in, in my opinion, uh, just because, like I said, a perfect world, if you can hit on those picks, yeah, great. But I, I don't have faith in them, so I'd rather just take the sure thing, all-pro type player that I think the Jets can get at three. Um, and how can we avoid them overpaying at running back? You're talking about if you're talking about Levin Bell, I, I don't agree with you. You're talking about a, a top five um, elite playmaker at your position. You're trying to surround Sam Darnold with elite playmakers. Uh, adding Melvin or not Melvin, I see I always that Mark Ingram or Tel- Telvin Coleman, they're not even on the remotely on the same level. So even if it is a four or five million dollar difference, you're, you're the, the the gap in talent is worth four or five million dollars. They are not elite playmakers. Le'Veon Bell is elite. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. So if, if you don't want to pair a guy who's going to be a future Hall of Famer who's still in his prime um, and might be for the next you know year or two, maybe even three. I mean, you don't want to put that around your 21-year-old quarterback who who really showed his potential at the end of last year, even at times in, you know, in the beginning of the year. Um, I, I don't I don't get wanting to oh well just get Coleman because he's half the player that Bell is for for you know four uh, or four million less dollars. I just don't understand that. And if you think that um, you know overpaying a running back, even be Coleman or Mark Ingram. Um, they need playmakers, and I don't like Ingr- I don't like uh, Coleman that much. I'd much rather be Ingram, like I said before. But they need guys to 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 uh, to, to surround Donald with. You don't don't just go in frequency bargain bin bin shopping like they've done the last couple of years, or not land guys because of a million or two dollars, and then give Donald a roster full of jags like he had last year, where he doesn't really have a lot of true playmakers. You need to surround a guy with playmakers. So um, do not agree with that that take really with with anything to be to be completely honest i don't want to trade down i don't want to not pay bell or ingram and i don't 
I, I like that Greg, Greg Williams hire. I don't think it's a weird hire at all. Um, next question from David uh, Aiken. Or, yeah, Aiken. It's weird how your name is. You're like, uh, he's a TOJ guy. Why does your name have a T in it if it's Aiken? It's silent T. It's weird. Um, but do you think Leonard Williams has peaked? Um, if not, how much better do you expect him to get nearing? The, uh, and, and in my opinion, I, I think he, I think he's nearing the peak. Um, I think maybe he can get a little bit better with some technique things, playing a little bit too high at times. Um, but I think he's near that peak. He's 24 years old. But um, in terms of like his technical refinement and his actual play, I think he's at that peak or very, very close to that peak. But I think, like I said, with the more gap exchange, with the more stunts um, and the ability to, to penetrate more, I think he's going to have an uptick in sacks this, this next couple of years. Um, or, you know, obviously they, they have to resign him after this year. But I think instead of what he had last year, I don't know, three or four, I would probably project like seven, seven to nine um, sacks for Leonard Williams this year, maybe even 10 sacks um, because of that penetrating uh, type defense. And, and Greg Williams is going to allow him to use that athleticism. So I think you're going to see an uptick. And I think fans opinion of him is definitely going to, to um, increase or, or get better. They're going to have a much better feelings about Re- Leonard Williams after this next year. And they're going to want to resign him. So in terms of technical refinements, things like that, I think he's pretty much peaked, but in terms of uh, how, how fans like casual fans um, think like how good of a player he is, I think he's going to get, um, you know, much, much better in, in their eyes. All right, next question. Um, Will, not since 69. Joe, can you see Anthony Barr playing edge rusher in a 3-4 and how successful sack-wise can he be? Um, I know I know. the last couple of years he's, he's been like a guy who's like three, four, five sacks, whatever it may be. Uh, but you have to understand they played him a lot standing up because they are they are a 4-3 a um, defense over there with the, uh, with the Vikings and he was playing sh- uh, mostly strong side backer. He played weak side sometimes. They're always going to move him around a little bit, but they didn't blitz him as much as I thought they should have. Um, or maybe not, not even as much as they should have, they, but they have guys like Griffin and um, Sheldon Richardson and Hunter who were their primary pass rushers and they, and they used um, Anthony Barr as more of a coverage guy. Um, so in a 3-4, I think he's actually a, a better fit if the Jets are going to um, you know they're going to if if they are going to say that that's that's probably the best spot for him. That's that's because he's he's a good he's a good rusher. Um, I think he he can move really well. He has versatility. He can play in coverage. He has a really good first step. He has good strength. He has good bend. He's a pretty fluid athlete. He plays hard. He has good lateral lateral quickness. Um, I think he has some good pass rush moves. So, um, I think if the Jets were going to sign him, and obviously he would be a you know, or one of the best, not the best pass rushers that they have, maybe him or Leonard Williams or whoever they decided to, to sign or, or draft. But if, if you just add him to the team right now, it's him or Leonard Williams. I would probably give him the edge. Um, they're going to rush him a lot more than they'll play him in coverage because you need that pass rush. So I think instead of seeing five sacks, you'll probably see, like I said, with Leonard Williams, maybe like eight to 10 with, with Barr if he was to, to sign with the Jets um, on top of being a guy who's, who can stand up um, and playing coverage, who a guy who can set the edge, a guy who can blitz, a guy who's um, versatile enough with with his hip mobility and things like that, and his strength to be able to um, run all the stunts and gap exchange that that, uh, that Greg Williams would want to run. So I, I think he would be a, a really good signing for the Jets. Um, next one, Martin Connolly, M Connolly, eighty nine. And after this, I still have to do the free agency preview, which I'm going to have to run through. The run through this a little bit faster. Um, if the Jets can sign two passers in free agency, do you take Quinn Williams at three and pair him with Leo and change to a four three? 
I, regardless, it, it depends obviously who's there at three, and if it's just Quinn, if both is gone and Quinn Williams is there, I'm taking him regardless if they if they sign two pass rushers or not. Um, now, if you draft Quinn Williams and Leo, would it be best for them personally to play in a four three? Yeah, probably, because you'd want those guys to be the primary rushers because they would be the best rushers on your team if they didn't sign anybody else. And it also depends on on what what pass rushers are you talking about. If you're talking about fourth, if you're talking about you know, if you're talking about two pass rushers and you're saying a four three, so you're, you're, I'm assuming you're meaning that four three defensive ends. Who are the four three defensive ends in free agency right now? Clowney just got tagged. Um, Lawrence got tagged. Frank Clark from the from the Seahawks got tagged. So there's not really a lot of four three guys. Maybe maybe Ezekiel Ansah. Do I really want to sign him? No, not really. I think he's going to get overpaid. I don't think he's that great. Um, I think the best shot they're they're going to transition to a four three might. I guess Trey Flowers, but Trey Flowers can play three four outside linebacker or four three end, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but no, I'm not. It's if I take, it, I don't have to take two pass rushers in free agency to transition to a four three. Whether it be four three or three four, they just have weaknesses. Um, but I'm taking Quinn Williams regardless of pass rushers or not. Uh, you know, in, in my opinion. But uh, moving on, next question, Mike at Mike OC nineteen sixty eight Murray and Bosa are, are off the board, and no one is willing to trade up. Who do you take? I've talked about it enough this podcast. It's it's Quinn Williams a hundred out of a hundred times. He's I, I think he's a can't miss guy. Um, I talked about his strengths and things like that. I think he's a guy who is easily in the next couple of years, maybe in his second year, um, going to be a top three to five uh, interior defensive lineman in, in the entire NFL. Uh, he's a can't-miss guy who has a ceiling of being an elite elite player, all pro, multiple all-pro type player. So it's, it's him 100 of 100 times for me. Um, next question, Anil Ram Lakhan. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, at Elvis Jets 85, if the Jets go with the 3-4 base defense, is Quinton Williams still as valuable? 100%. Um, he's just as good as two at two-gapping as he is as, as rushing in a 4-3. Uh, like I said, he's a true freak of nature. He could do so much with it, with his ability, uh, his, the, 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 the natural ability he has in terms of athleticism, the technical ability, um, the size, the power. He could play and do pretty much anything in the interior, in, you know, in the interior line. Now, do I want him as a – as a three, four, five tech, no. But what can he play? What what what? Uh, Steve McClendon played last year, or even Leonard Williams, where he's going to play more like one, zero, or three. Yeah, he easily he could do that, especially in a Greg Williams three, four. Like I said, where there's going to be more movement. So um, he's just as valuable three, four, four, three, in my opinion. Obviously, if he play in the right position, which I think with the Jets he could play um, anywhere in that interior defensive line, be a better option than anybody they have. Um, next question, Harry Mack at Harry underscore Mack. What is the best argument for taking Rashawn Gary at three? Am I insane or is that just an asinine thing to do? Uh, there is none. I, I agree. Um, I think it's an absolute asinine thing to do. I do not get the hype with Rashawn Gary. Um, right now I've done 16 players. and I think he's the lowest player on my board. Uh, I think Ja'Kai Polite might be. Ja'Kai Polite, if he came in and tested well and he didn't have character concerns, he'd be a lot higher on my board, but I had to take it into effect that he tested so poorly when he added on weight, which is a question if he, he needed to add weight to play on the edge. Um, and can he, can, he, can he play with that size and be as explosive? And clearly he was not now, now that with some character concerns. He dropped far. But I think in, like, in terms of like what I saw just on film, um, minus the combine, stuff like that, I think he's the worst player I've watched in the first round so far. Um, iffy motor, I don't know where you put him. I don't know if he's a 4-3 end. I don't know if he's not a 3-4 outside linebacker. I don't think he play inside. His lateral movement's bad. His tight hips. Not many pass rush moves. He doesn't come in with a plan. He doesn't have good counter moves. He doesn't have bend. He doesn't have ankle flexibility or flexibility in his lower body. He has inconsistent hands. He doesn't gain enough ground. 
uh, when he explodes off the line of scrimmage to, to bend that arc. He attacks a full man a lot. He doesn't have good speed to power. Plays high. Uh, he lacks power while bending that arc when he does get that get that edge. Um, I've seen him blocked by tight ends for such a strong guy. I, I don't get it. I don't get the Rashawn Gary hype at all. If they took him at three, that would be literally the worst pick they could possibly make, maybe other than Ja'Kai Pellett at this point. But they're not going to take one of those guys at three. Um, I think that any team who draw, drafts Ja'Kai uh, – not Ja'Kai Pellett – um, Rashawn Gary in the top 10 is making a massive mistake, in my opinion, from what I, from what I saw on film. Um, next question at Mahantra at JetNick28. Staying at three, who fits Williams' defense better, Allen's, Burns, or Sweat? Thanks in advance. Um, it's Allen. Um, because if you're talking about the actual 4-3, um, I don't really feel that Sweat or Burns can play that 4-3 end. Um, I still have to watch a lot of Sweat, like, actually, like, physically, not physically, actually, like, really sit down and watch him. I am going to do a film review of him. So I only know like a little bit of what I've seen, but I don't think he's, he's not in the question at three to sweat to me, regardless, regardless of what he, he did in the combine. Listen, you're not going to go in, in my opinion. I don't think it's, I don't think it's right for a guy who's talked about um, as the end of the first round type talent and shoot up all the way to three because of a good combine. It, it's a lot about film. So I don't think he's even in that conversation for me at three, but if you're talking about Allen versus Burns, um, Burns, he's not a four three end. There's there's absolutely no way. And with Burns, he's a he's a three four outside linebacker. You you want him on the line of scrimmage, um, wider than five and bursting, you know, up the arc and being able to use his hands and things like that um, versus offensive tackles. But you don't want him to be a 4-3 end where maybe he's going to get chipped a little bit. He's going to have to take on more um, tackles inside um, where he's going to have to have his hand in the dirt. You want Burns you know, standing up and, and just bursting towards the quarterback a lot. Now, he can play in the run game. I don't think he's terrible in the run game. Um, but he doesn't have the size to be that 4-3 end. 4-3 ends are more guys like, like Josh Allen looking who are like – you know, six three to six five, anywhere from like two two sixty five to two eighty um, type players. Burns is a three four outside linebacker uh, prototype. He doesn't have the strength, like I said, to be um, that four three end. You know, Alan, but Allen can stand up as well. He has the flexibility and the strength to to run those stunts and still hold up. Hold up because with Burns, with 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 uh, the stunts and and the gap exchange. He doesn't have the power um, to take on men. Like when you have when you have a lot of those gap exchange and that st- those stunts, you're getting attacked a lot on your hip, and guys are getting in an advantageous advantageous position to to attack you um, from your side if they do pick up those stunts. I think I think uh, you know uh, Burns will just get washed out in a lot of plays if he gets caught. Where Josh Allen can hold up against guys who are working against his hips and have better leverage against him because of that strength. So I just don't think Burns fits the system either as an outside linebacker in a four-three um, or even as a three-four. If they are playing three-four, the guy who's going to be asked to to run a lot of stunts and things like that. So um, Allen as that like prototypical guy that he likes in his defense, like that wide nine guy with his hand in the dirt um, who can rush off the edge, who can also run stunts interiorly, who can hold up against you know combo blocks, tray blocks, whatever it may be um, on the inside. So. Uh, next question, Bubba Beck. We only got we have a couple more. I'm going to run through free agency really, really quickly because listen, I'm going to talk about free agency. If none of this stuff happens, it does not matter. Um, and at the same time, it's it's going to start in like a couple days from you guys. Listen, I'm recording on Friday. I think I'm going to release this on Sunday. Um, but next question, Bubba Beck at Daniel B zero five nine eight six one. Who's the most likely player the Jets trade for um, if they make any trades? Um, I don't really see the Jets making any big trades because of, like I said before, they're lacking draft capital and need to build this roster. You see teams who trade um, more often than not teams who are um, 
you know, looking to make that like final push or the get that final piece like the Rams did last year with, with getting guys um, and trading for guys that, that that they needed like Brandon Cooks or whoever it may be. Um, but if they are going to trade for somebody, I think I think like a couple of realistic names or realistic names that I have like a position that I think they'll, they'll trade for. I think if the Jets don't land one of the big centers or, or guards in free agency, I think the Jets would be willing to trade um, – a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, maybe for a maybe a little bit older guy who's coming up on a on a new contract who a team might not be investing in. So I think you, I think interior offensive linemen's a, a trade possibility. I don't have names. I'm not going through every single team and, and trying to look at those type of guys on the on those contracts um, or wide receiver. I, I think wide receiver might be a realistic possibility too. And it's, it's some guys that have been properly talked about. Listen, if you can get uh, AJ Green for a third round pick, I, I think you most likely do it. And I think that's a, that's a possibility. Um, Mike Evans, you might have to trade a little bit more for, but are, are the are the Bucks looking to trade him? I'm not too sure. And I think the guy who was not talked about, who might actually be a decent trade option, would be Emmanuel Sanders. I know Sanders is 31 years old, um, but I think he's a really really good slot receiver. I think the Jets are looking for a guy who can get the yak like he can. He's a really he's a he's a good teammate. I think he's a smart player. And he's making like twelve million dollars this year, and he only has one year on his contract. And the and the Broncos are kind of in that mode right now where they're like almost like they should be rebuilding. Um, so maybe he he would be available. I think Sanders is the name that people should throw in there if you if the Jets offered for a draft pick. So I think interior offensive line maybe Green or Sanders. Evans a long shot, but I think those are guys you might see the Jets attempt to trade for if they do, which I don't think they probably they will. But I think interior offensive line is a more realistic uh, possibility depending on what happens in. Uh, in free agency next question joe at jets joe 73 would trent bound be an upgraded left tackle um i am not willing to invest in 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 trent brown he's going to get money because his stats look good and his pro football focus numbers look good whatever i'm uh, i even know i'm hoping teams watch the freaking film um but look at nate solder last year with the with the giants that's and it's true people say it a lot but it's true because the patriots what they do is they tire teams out one because they didn't know huddle and they get rid of the ball in, in half a second. So when you don't have to block for more than two seconds, one, you're going to look good because you're rarely going to get beat because you're just going to, you're going to be conservative. Um, you, you don't have to get in, you know, you're not going to get into your kick step. Um, like you would if you, if the quarterback's going to take four seconds, you know, you, you can let him bend that edge because Tom Brady's just a step up in the pocket and get rid of the ball really quickly. That, that defensive lineman is going to tire out and you're just going to play conservatively. So that helps you a lot. Um, plus him not throwing the ball uh, or taking a long time to throw the ball, which helps your sack numbers. Um, and it also helps you be rested too for the run game and all this stuff. I just don't like um, Patriots offensive linemen and, you know, coming into free agency, he's going to get overpaid because like I said, supply and demand and people get paid in free agency. So do I think it's o- worth overpaying for a guy like Trent Brown? No way. And is he better than Beecham? Uh, I, don't, I don't really know. I, I think they're probably, I, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. That's, that's a huge question mark for me. So with that being a huge question mark, I'm definitely not paying for him. I think, you know, Beecham is a below average tackle. Um, I think he's a decent pass blocker and a terrible run blocker, but I think Trent Brown, if he left the Patriots might be, you know, might be even worse. So I, I would definitely, um, you know, not, not do that. There's, there's no way I'm paying, I'm paying Trent Brown. That's I'm as far out on that as I possibly could be. Um, we have, five more questions one two three four five we have five more okay uh joe joe ray that's that's weird that's my first name and my middle name is raymond um and i'm a junior so his name is is uh, is a uh, tag is jr underscore joe ray 21 that's uh might be me um question for toj film room i think he, this is a private message actually um are there any wide receivers outside of AJ Green, Antonio Brown, and Mike Evans that you could see the Jets trying to trade for? I don't believe the three I named are likely. AJ, uh, so and I just I literally just talked about this. AJ Green, I, I I see that it could happen because the Bengals do need to 
rebuild. I don't think they're going for it all. Um, and he, because he's had some injury problems, I think you could trust the Jets, you know, staff a little bit because they have in the past, like I said, Laurent Landry and, and uh, Long for the most part and Morris Claiborne, they have helped, uh, have, you know, kept some guys healthy. So I think he might actually be a real possibility. Um, I don't see Evans really happening. I don't see Brown. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm done with Brown guys. Listen, I, I get the talent, but you want that guy in the locker room with, with Sam Darnold. I, I think that's a mess waiting to happen. The guy has clearly freaking lost it. Um, so, but the other names I could see in terms of receivers, I talked about Sanders. Um, like I said, oh, he's actually 32 years old. I wrote it down. Um, he's getting paid actually $12.9 million this year. But last year he had 71 receptions for 868 yards, four touchdowns in only 12 games playing with, you know, guys like Case Keenum. So um, you bring him into this offense and you, and you put him around Darnold um, with Anunua, with guys like Robbie Anderson. I think he's going to be a near thousand yard receiver for you. Now, maybe, you know, is he I, more, I should say more of like, I think he's a thousand yard receiver type guy. If you averaged out his, his yards per game, his catches um, over 16 games, he's probably like, what, like, let's say 85 catches, probably a little bit over a thousand yards. Um, so I think he's, I still think he's a really good player, um, a really efficient player, a really good route runner, a really good yak guy. I really flew really quick. So I, I like Sanders a lot as, as a player. I think he tracks the ball well. Um, you can see him run nine routes. He has that speed. So I, I really, really would like him. Um, so I think that's a possibility. And I think the other guy who I, I would mention is Mohamed Sanu, uh, 29 years old, uh, you know, 66 receptions, 838 yards last year with three touchdowns. Um, but I think he's a guy who's also he's – not, he's, not like, he's not as shifty and as good of a yak guy as a Emmanuel Sanders. But I think he's a really good receiver. He's, he's, he's a really, really, really good route runner. Like one of the best route runners in the NFL. I think he's a pretty reliable hand. He's a bigger guy. Uh, actually, I don't know how big he is, but he plays like he's big, at least in the red zone. Uh, he can go up and, and catch some balls and, and win some contested balls. So I like him. And the reason being, I see that he could be, you know, potentially a, a, a trade option is because he's like the third wide receiver there with, uh, with Ridley, you know, um, developing and, and exploding out last year. He exploded out of the gate. He, he kind of finished a little bit slower, but I could see him being available, you know, two years left on his deal, $7.6 million this year and 7.9 next year. Um, if, if the Jets want to offer, you know, a fourth or fifth round pick for Sanu, is that a possibility? Yeah. And I have to sit down and think about the draft composition a little bit more than that. But I think those are two guys who are outside the box, Sanders and Sanu, who, uh, if the Jets don't land any guys and they, they want to trade for a receiver, those are two guys you can, you can look at. Um, next question from a guy from YouTube who asked, or yeah, like two weeks ago, I think it actually was. So I took this question. Uh, what do you expect the Jets to, to get if they trade with the Giants, if they go from three to six? Last year, the Jets had to give up uh, three, uh, three second-round picks, um, but a Walter football mock draft only has the Jets receiving one second-round pick. The Jets, I, I will guarantee the Jets will not get only one second-round pick if they're moving down three spots in the NFL draft. That is, that is literally never going to happen. I think the, 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 uh, the draft charts are a little bit outdated um, as of right now, and uh, two, a second-round pick for three spots in the NFL draft. That's, that's the difference between even, even just like a Quinn Williams versus uh, a Brian Burns is not worth one second-round pick. There's, there's, no, there's no way. Um, so that is not going to happen. And it's all about supply and demands and, and teams bidding against each other. And if you are trading up from three to six, um, let's say if you're trading up from, from six to three for a Quinn Williams or a Bosa, it's going to take less. But if you're trading up for a quarterback, that's when it really gets shot up. And especially if you're not trading now, like when the Jets traded at like whatever St. Paddy's Day last year, um, the more you get to the draft, the more teams panic, the more teams are willing to offer, and that more that, that hikes up the price of, of that draft compensation. So one second-round pick, I, I don't see it. I, I'm going to say it's going to take at least like two second-round picks and a third or, or a fourth to get up from, from there. Um, and that all depends on what teams are bidding against each other. 
other. Now, if you have the Giants and the Jaguars pitted against each other um, bidding in a bidding war, you might get three second-round picks, just like the Jets got last year, If especially if a guy like uh, – Murray is gone, and then Haskins is the only other guy. One, I wouldn't take really any one of those guys. I, th- I think Haskins is the only one who might be worth a, a top 10 pick, maybe. I think all three of the top guys last year, uh, and, and, and Rosen, um, Donald, and Mayfield are all better than Haskins, in my opinion, but it's supply and demand, and teams get, you know, they, they need quarterbacks. So uh, if Murray does go one, which actually might happen, and Haskins is the only guy, and a whole bunch of teams are trying to trade up, the Jets could get a lot more than this just one second-round pick. I think that's ridiculous, and whoever wrote that article or whatever is out of their minds. Um, Steven – oh, Jesus. Uh, Steven Schiffenhaus Schiffenhaus uh, at S. Um Should we be following – Kansas City, the, the Kansas City model. I don't necessarily know what the Kansas City model is. Um, you know, if you're talking about like anything like specifically, but um, they already didn't because they didn't they didn't draft a quarterback behind a veteran uh, behind a veteran and let him sit out for or sit for a year. Um, and also, Kansas City has very little on defense. I think the Jets are building more towards defense, and I think they're going to build more towards defense with a guy like a Greg Williams coming in. Um, the Chiefs do have Chris Jones and you know D four, but minus that, like they don't have really anything. They let guys like Marcus Peters. Uh, uh, did they did they let him walk or did they trade him? I think they they traded him. I believe um, I could be wrong on that, but I think the Jets are going to build more on defense than Kansas City will. And I don't I don't love that model. I don't love all offense type teams. And Kansas City has a lot of speedy guys, but really no players on defense. I, I think defense still wins championships, um, even though offense you know moves the needle in in uh, in football, but. Look at the Super Bowl. Was it thirteen to ten or thirteen to three? Whatever the hell it was. Uh, the, the Seahawks over the last couple of years. Um, defense still wins. The Jets got there when they were there, you know, many years ago because of defense. You, you know, uh, defense is still important. I don't, I don't, I don't think um, offensive shootouts are, are consistent enough because they can change with with like uh, like penalties, whatever. Maybe whoever the refs are, guy gets injured. I just don't like those type of offenses. So I think the Jets are going to build more towards defense and be more of a balanced team. I like balanced teams more. The Patriots. Are not are not a high flying offense. Obviously, they have Brady, so that helps. But their defense, even though they don't consistently have players, um, they're always a defense that's that's pretty consistent. Um, even though it's only let's say even only consistently just decent, they uptick and play better in the in the playoffs. They have defense and they've been winning a lot. So uh, obviously, Brady and Belichick's a little bit of a different story. Um, but I, I think all out offense is not a good model. I don't I don't love that. Um, so I don't, I don't want to put it all on Donald's shoulders like the Chiefs seem to be doing with Mahomes, where if Mahomes goes down or anything like that, obviously if any of the quarterbacks for, for teams who are trying to go far into the playoffs go down, it's not going to work out well. But you know what I mean? I don't want to put it all on Donald. I, I'd rather give him some help with, with his defense as well. Um, Kyle at KD underscore Jets underscore five. What's your best and worst case scenario? I have two more questions, by the way. What's your best and worst case scenario uh, for the Jets offseason going into 2020? Um, yeah. <sighs> So like it, it's it's hard because you have to be realistic with the money because the Jets have only like thirty eight guys under contract, so they still have to sign like fifteen guys just for their fifty three, and then they have to sign like a hundred more guys for a freaking ninety man roster. So they don't have they have money, they don't have like as much money, but you're looking at a roster like adding guys. I would say like Bell, Paradise, Saffold, Jamison Crowder. Um, would be like my my offense. Obviously, I said Tate, but I'm trying to be a little bit realistic with the money. So Jameson Crowder is going to come on a lesser deal. Um, 
adding a guy, let's say, let's say because Flowers and Bar might cost too much, let's say like a, a Zadarius Smith from, from the Ravens as an outside linebacker, I, I think would be a guy you can get for cheaper than Flowers or Bar, who might be a really good guy. And I think with that, you're going to want to sign two corners. Any, any two corners out of Pierre Desaire, Ronald Darby, Bryce Callahan, Darquez Denard, Kareem Jackson, Roby, Melvin, Morris Claiborne. Do I have my preferences on those guys? Um, yes, yes, for sure I do. Um, probably I, I would say, I would say Darby and Callahan or, or Darby and Denard or Darby and Desaire, um, Desaire, I think it actually is, but they might end up having to sign a guy like Claiborne back and then get just a Bryce Callahan because the corner market is not great. So you sign two of those guys and then to, to top it off, um, I actually one more guy and this, I think this all could happen that they'll be a little bit tight against the cap. Probably. I think adding a guy like Tyron Matthew would be pretty freaking cool. I just want to see him here with, with Jamal Adams and have that versatility. Like I said before, those with those big nickel sets and a guy who can, who can guard the slot relatively well, a guy who can play too high. He could, he could, he could, he could be a Rover. He could play single high. He could do all these things. So I think adding that versatility and that like dog type of player would be pretty cool. And on top of that, um, because you're not getting one of those like big time pass rushers with uh, Trey Flowers, you get a guy like a Bosa or Quentin Williams. You know that that would be awesome. So that's like my dream. Um, worst case would be ending up with a bunch of you know just Jags as you call them, uh, just another guy, um, like like a Latavius Murray at running back, a Jordan Matthews at receiver, a AJ Cannon offensive guard, which is not helping on Darnold. Any any offseason where they don't help Darnold substantially and sign if they don't sign like one of the top offensive um free agents or two of if they don't sound like two of the offensive free agents whether that be between saffold um paradis bell melvin ingram golden tate if they don't sign at least two of those guys it's it, it's failed so that so that's that's what i'm not looking forward to them signing a bunch of jags and then getting guys you know like uh overpaying a dante fowler or a shane ray getting minimal cornerback help by like bringing back let's say like freaking buster screen and getting like a captain Marlin or a jason mccordy or a brent grimes like that's that's the worst type of offseason because listen a lot of a lot of these offseasons we go into and we're so optimistic and all these things but then we ended up with guys like isaiah crowell spencer long terrell Pryor, with like one big guy in tremaine johnson who didn't live up to the contract i understand the contract at the time i'm not gonna kill him for it because that was one of the best quarters in free agency but um yeah, that's that's let's not let that happen. I don't want to talk about those names. That's that's hurt me right now. Last question. Um, like I said, if you're if you submitted it after this, I'm not going to uh, do it. But uh, Omar Brathwaite um, at Valley Slime. Do you think Anthony Barr could be a legit edge rusher in a three four? Um, and yes, I talked about it before. He's, he's he's been very effective with, with the Vikings when he is ex rusher passer with with his with his versatility and all the things he could do with his fluidity and his burst and the way he uses his hands. I think he's a, I think he's a really good pass rusher. I think he's a really good player. Um, who I think is just getting a little bit overlooked because of the talent on that Vikings team and he's asked to cover a lot more than he would be with the Jets. So you'd see five sacks go to go to ten sacks, I, I think, with Anthony Barr. So I would definitely like to, to assign him. Um that's it for the free agents for the for not for the free agency preview. The free agency preview I still have to run through. Um I guess I'll do that pretty quickly. I'm gonna try to do this type of deal. I don't think I'm gonna get freaking twenty seven questions every week, which I, I I really appreciate the, the like the followers and like a lot of new followers on Twitter, and I appreciate the guys on Reddit who are like shouting out my stuff and like posting things about me on Reddit. You guys are you guys are fantastic as well. Uh, I really do appreciate the twenty seven questions. That's that's fantastic. Is it gonna be twenty seven questions every week? I'm gonna assume not. Um, but if it is, I'll answer all of them. So if you do want to, um, like I said, follow me on Twitter, JoeRB31. I'm going to be posting up a mailbag question. Like, oh, okay, time for another mailbag show. And I'll, I'll post it up. And you can just tweet at me. And then, you know, I, I like them all. So I have them in my likes. And I can just see which ones I'm going to answer. I'll, or I'll answer every single one of them. Even if it's a really dumb question, I might make fun of you. But I'll answer it. Like, uh, 
the one guy, even though he's a, he's a good dude, but the, the, uh, the, if you're going to come with a film take, don't, don't make it wrong because uh, they do not run a lot of two tight end sets in Miami. Uh, the home team, that guy's a good guy though. I like, I like him. Um, but yeah, you can, you can tweet me if I ask that question or you can even, even if I don't ask a question and you just want to ask me a question and you want to hear it on the show, like if you tweet me a question, Hey, is, uh, do you prefer Burns over polite? And I'll, I'll answer you on Twitter. But if you, if you say like mailbag and you want to hear me answer it on like the show, then I'll, I'll definitely do that. And then I'm going to tweet uh, it out. If you want to comment on the YouTube videos, a question, I'll throw it into the mailbag. And like I said, for the people on Reddit, whoever doesn't, uh, you know, have Twitter, uh, blew it, Joe, B L E W E T T Joe T O J at Gmail. That's no spaces, by the way. Um, I'll get to it and then I'll, I'll throw it in the mailbag. So I have, you know, any questions, that'd be, that'd be freaking awesome. Cause I'm looking to interacting more with you guys, um, for sure. Now going into, I actually have to pull out my phone for the, for all the, the, uh, let me pause it. For the guys, the Jets uh, just tendered. I forget who all, all their names were, so I'm going to pull it up. I know I liked it. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen, and I'm going to go over some of like, the free agency list. Okay, so that's my safari. So you can see my screen. You can see what I'm seeing. Um, I'm just going to go through the, through the uh, Jets free agents really, really quickly. Then we'll go into some of the other um, guys. Josh McCown, should they resign him? And like I said, I'll do this really quickly. Um, if it's for $3, 4 $5 million, yeah, sure. If it's anything over that, no, get a, get a backup guy because you're not playing on Donald to be um, hurt. And if he is, you're screwed anyway. But I would like to get McCown back. Um, like I said, three, four, five million dollars, depending if he's willing to come back as, as a player and as a backup, which, you know, he's 40, so I'm assuming he will. Morse Claiborne depends. Like I said, we'll see Morse Claiborne and Buster Screen. Um, the, the, the free agency corner market is not um, that, that uh, deep and it doesn't have that top end talent. Um, so you might have to resign one of these guys. Listen, there's only like there's only like two or three like slot guys, um, being Darby, uh, Callahan, and maybe Munderland. But if you can't land one of those guys, Screen is most likely going to come back. And people, oh well, Perry Nickerson can just play there. There's a big difference between uh, being a fifth round draft pick who played terribly when he came in as a starter, and Buster Screen, who is a bad starter, but he's still at that starter level if you know what i'm saying like there's a big fall off between screen and perry nickerson don't say perry nickerson you need another guy um before perry nickerson because uh, he needs to develop so but you might see one of those guys back you might see claiborne back if they land darby but they can't land Desir or breland or um whoever it may be colvin um then you might need to see claiborne back so we'll see what happens with that carpenter no way in hell the guy's terrible jermaine curse um people might disagree with this but if it, him as a third fourth guy um I'm fine with bringing him him back for for a lesser contract. The guy's a good route runner. Um, and last year, as people have talked about, he he was phased out of the offense. He didn't get targeted. He got a little bit frustrated. Now, do I love that he got frustrated? No, but I still think he's a he's a decent receiver to has a, you know have as your 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 fourth or fifth guy. If you're gonna if you're gonna play him, you know a little bit, I'm fine with that. Blau Powell, don't think he's coming back. Um, if he was a comeback and it was to be like only him and McGuire. Now, if it was like if it was like if you got rid of uh, Cannon. Or even if you didn't get rid of Cannon, you didn't draft a guy. And if you if you had like Bell, Powell, um, McGuire, and Cannon, I'm I'm fine with bringing Powell back for a lesser contract. But I think he's gonna look for a bigger role, so I don't I don't think he's going to be back. But uh, Powell's awesome jet. Uh, Steve McClendon, um, it's this is a little bit difficult because if if the Jets are looking to run more th- uh, three, eh, I I'll probably say no. Um, but a maybe though, because I I was especially if you follow me on Jet Nation Radio, I was the biggest McClendon fan because I think he's extremely underrated. Um, but if you're looking to move more in that front seven and do more uh, gap exchange type stuff, I don't think he's a great fit. But if you are going to run more traditional three four and you want him to two gap a little bit, I think he's you can bring him back. It's fine. Um, listen, you're not going to get every guy 
um, in free agency and then have, have them all be like, you know, 25, 26 years old. It's just not going to happen. Uh, Mike Pennell, if it, I don't, I don't think it's going to work. Um, and that kind of, that shows me that they're either going to run more to get our one gapping uh, exchanging three, four, than they are uh, two gapping because Pennell's a good uh, nose tackle. So they, they might bring him back, but I don't, I don't think so. Kevin Pierre Lewis blocked two punts last year, good special teams player, a good reserve guy. Um, for coverage, I'd like to see him back for a minimal contract. Ben Ajelana, um swing tackle. I would like to see him back. No, I'd like to see him back for $5.5 million a year. No, I, w- I would not for sure. Um, but a backup swing tackle is important, so you could see him back. All these lesser guys are like kind of – it just is what it is. Terrence Brooks, a, a decent backup safety. can bring him back. Rontez Miles, I, I – for special teams, maybe, but I think he's. I think he's overall, you know, minus the run game, he's terrible in pass protect or, or pass uh, coverage. He looks lost. Brent Quale, whatever. Neil Sterling, whatever. Josh Martin, too many concussions. Atachu, eh, maybe as a reserve guy. Um, yeah, maybe as a reserve guy, you bring him back. He was he was semi effective. Brandon Copeland had like five sacks. I definitely did see him back as a reserve guy. Um, coming in some pass rushing situation. Andre Roberts for sure. You're probably looking to bring him back for like five, six million dollars a year because he, you know, he led the Jets special teams unit, which finished number one in the NFL in terms of like rankings and whatever the numbers are. But he had a bunch of big returns. He was absolutely fantastic for the Jets. And I remember being in camp and talking about Andre Roberts, like, listen, like to people I was talking to, I think I think he's a really good returner. And and it's an important position. People like, no, like, you know, just carry uh who was that? Who was that freaking uh, receiver that the Jets had uh, in camp? Who was playing well from William and Mary? Um, I'm blanking out on his name right now, but he actually played well in preseason. I wanted them to, them to have him. They're like, oh well, you know, bringing one of those guys over Andre Roberts. Like, you know, people don't understand how important special teams are, and he showed you exactly, you know, why. Or he, he proved me right, and I'm I'm happy for you, Andre Roberts. So I hope they resign him. Rashad Mat- Matthews is whatever. If they're going to look to use him more, okay. Uh, Dakota Dozier, sure. Jonathan Harrison, sure. These are all guys are going to be in minimal type contracts. Um, Emmanuel Lamar, uh, I, I don't know. Henry Anderson, um, he's a guy that me and Marcus have talked about a little bit. Uh, I think he's a better fit in this 4-3, if, it is, if, they, if they are going to run a 4-3, than typical 4-3s. Um, because of all the gap exchange and that type of stuff, I think he, he would be okay in that. Um, but I'm not going to overpay him because I don't think he's a fantastic fit in it. Uh, Neville Hewitt, uh, you saw when he came in, he replaced Lee. Um, decent, solid in the run game. He still has definitely struggles in the pass game, uh, but good special teamer and a guy who's a reserve linebacker. I would like to bring him back. Jason Myers, um, listen, if, if they're going to pay him like he's a top kicker in the league, don't bring him back because I don't think that's going to happen twice. I think he'll be just an okay kicker. Um, and you saw him kick a little bit worse at the end of the year. Uh, but if just for whatever contract, sure. Clive Walford is a guy I'd actually like to see back. I don't know why they like cut him so quickly, but I think he's a guy who could, who could pass block and he can run some routes and he can run block a little bit. So I actually like him. Uh, Destiny Vail, uh, the defensive tackle. I don't care at all. Eric Tomlinson. Uh, no, uh, maybe, I don't know. He, he was a solid pass blocker and run blocker two years ago. Last year, he definitely struggled more, but it depends. You, if you have Herndon, you don't bring in another guy. Um, depends on who you bring in. That's, that's really if you can get better guys. So at a minimal contract, maybe they might cut him, though. Daryl Roberts is a guy I want to I bring back. Uh, he's, at the, he's at the bottom of this list right here. Um, 28 years old. He's, he was solid when he was in. Now people are saying, oh, well, maybe he should start. If you think he should start, you're crazy. But as a fourth, fifth, sixth guy, yes, you need depth guys. I'm not talking about signing these guys to be the number one guy. Like I'm talking about like you know uh, Brandon Copeland and being a good re-signing or 
uh, Walford or Roberts or whoever I was talking about, K, K, uh, KPL or McClendon. These are all backup type guys, like Curse. None of these guys I want starting, but if you can bring them in for a good contract, um, then, I, then I would be all for it. So uh, Roberts has like your fourth or fifth corner depth guy who can come in if you get an injury. Um, I think he can fit in well. Uh, obviously, playing him at safety is a big mistake. I don't know why Bowles did that when he had Terrence Brooks, but whatever. I'm not going to try to get into Bowles' mind, so then I'll we'll also go crazy. But then the Jets also announced they tendered all of their, uh, they tendered nine of their guys. Davis Webb, that's a good move. Um, see if he has anything. Frankie Louvu, uh, he was he, he listen undrafted guy. He played aggressively and he got to the quarterback a little bit. I like that. Doug Middleton's a, a decent a decent uh, box type safety. That's okay. Uh, Anthony went. Backup linebacker is not going to make the team most likely. Jeremy Clark, I don't think he's going to make the team. Um, Deontay Burnett had some connection with Darnold. Now, if he's like your sixth guy, if, he, if he's your sixth on your depth chart, fifth in your depth chart, maybe he can develop a little bit, even become your, your, your fourth or your third. Um, I'm fine with that. So I, I like bringing him back. D'Angelo Henderson, the running back, whatever. Ben Braden, uh, offensive line, whatever. Bronson Kafuski, Kau- whatever the hell his name is. I don't care. I, listen. I'm not going to try to hype those guys up. Like, oh, yeah, I'm really happy they bought Brent Baden back. Uh, I, I saw him, you know, block once in, in, uh, you know, in camp, and I, you know, I like him. Like, I'm not just going to make crap up. Uh, I don't who, – who cares about the 53rd guy on the roster? Um, now, thank you to uh, sportingnews.com. I don't want to use their website, not, like, shout them out. I don't want to get in trouble or anything like that. Um, quarterbacks, bring back McCown. It's not a problem. If not McCown, bring in Savage or – or Castle or Schaub or Josh Johnson, just bring in somebody. I don't really care that much. Um, Le, uh, for running backs, um, Le'Veon Bell is obviously the, the, the choice here, and um, I don't really need to expand upon him more. I did it for five hours. He's an elite playmaker. He's the best or the number two running back in the entire league. Uh, you need elite playmakers. You need playmakers in general for Sam Darnold. Adding an elite one is fantastic. Um, the number two guy, Mark Ingram, I said it. He's He is – not as good as Le'Veon Bell, but he's an all-around guy like Le'Veon Bell. He could, he's not as good as he's not nearly as good in, in the pass game, but he's an all-around guy. So I think as a lead running back, if the Jets miss on Bell, I'm okay. I'm okay with Ingram. Um, for you know, if you want to bring him in, Col- Coleman, I think he's gonna get overpaid to be completely honest for what he does. He, he's ha- he's had a I don't know if he's had a little bit of injuries. I think he might have, um, but he's not. He's not really a great runner, and he's not really. He's like he's okay in the pass game. He's not great. Jay Jahi, uh, I don't think that's gonna work out with Gase. TJ Yeldon, these are all backup guys. If you want to bring a backup guy, uh, I don't know, man. TJ Yeldon, he's he's decent. If you wanted to bring him in and draft a guy and then bring back like Crowell and McGuire, I guess. But that's just we're shooting so low. If you don't get if you don't get one of these guys, and if you, if you don't get Bell, I think it's a like a really really big uh, nick in the Jets. Just offer him a lot of money or Ingram, and then you're you're having one of your guys be Latavius Murray or CJ Anderson or you know Alex Collins. Like I don't. None of these names are, are exciting. I'm not going to go through each guy, you know, and, and talk about him. Maybe Amir Abdul is an interesting backup guy. I think if we're going to go through the list and talk about interesting, like, backups, not starting guys. I think these are the only two guys are going to bring in to be starters. Um, TJ Yeldon's an interesting guy um, I, that I would be, that'd be interested in, like I said, bringing in as a backup type guy. Alex Collins maybe is a backup guy. Um, Ty Montgomery maybe is a good receiving type back. He played receiver and running back for, for – uh, this, is, this is like one of those, like, random signs you might see with Ty Montgomery. Um, to uh, he got signed by the Ravens, but he didn't do anything with the Ravens. But when he's the Packers, he was a guy who's like all around type guy. So maybe it's a guy you see get signed, like Albert Wilson, when he got signed with the with the uh, the Dolphins. Like he came off with the Chiefs, like pretty much doing nothing, and he, and he did some stuff. So like maybe like a Ty Montgomery, Amir Duel is another guy you might be a little bit interested in. Uh, other than that, I'm not interested in anybody. 
uh, going through your receivers, um, Golden Tate, like I talked about, do not underrate how it, it is important for teams who run a lot of screens to have receivers who can block. He's the best blocking receiver I see on the on this list. Um, so I think he is a really, really good option if you're not going to have to overpay him because he's the best yak guy here and he's the best blocker. So that's the two things that are like the most important things for what the Jets are looking for. They have their deep guy in Robbie Anderson, and then you add a guy who can get yak. I think Golden Tate is getting a little bit um, overlooked right now for how good he would be in this offense, I think. And, you know, obviously his, his production dropped with the Eagles from the Lions, but the Lions at the beginning of the year, he's still playing very well. Um, and the Eagles run a different, like, gimmicky-type system, so he just didn't, he didn't really do a lot there. But it is what it is. Adam Humphreys, I think he's a good slot receiver. Um, but I think he'll get a little bit overpaid if they want to sign him, fine. But I'm not, like, it depends on what they pay him. Devin Funches, uh, stay away. Tyrell Williams, he's a deep threat. Uh, I think he's going to be a little bit redundant. They have Rob Anderson. I'm not going to love that. Uh, Dante Moncrief's a little bit interested. I don't know if people hear that name, and they're a little bit, like, they're not a little, like, they're not interested. But I, I thought from what I saw from him, I didn't really watch him a lot with the Jaguars this year. But when he was with the Colts, I actually thought he was a, a pretty decent receiver. So, and I'm not saying, listen, you have to understand what I'm saying this stuff. I'm not saying sign him as a number one or two. Now, if you're adding Dante Moncrief to be your fourth or fifth is that the worst thing no uh crowder i i definitely a guy you can be interested in um cobb maybe as like that yak type guy john brown speed guy maybe cole beasley is a speed guy maybe uh chris conley's a speed guy maybe like you, these are all depth guys you, you can't like write on anybody off as depth but i think my top like options are, are golden tate uh and probably uh jameson crowder um, in terms of like, in terms of their contract, what I think they'll get and their effectiveness. Like, do I would I want Humphreys over Crowder if they both sign for five million dollars? Yes, but I think Humphreys gonna get paid a lot more. Um, going down the list, uh, Dontrell Inman, no, Wallace, no. Um, like I said, maybe, maybe you want to bring back uh, Jermaine Curse as a depth guy. Uh, Demarius Thomas, no way he's gonna get overpaid. Cody Latimer, no. Uh, DeAnthony Thomas. Maybe, maybe this is a guy who you're looking from. Like this, maybe this is the Albert Wilson. You're bringing in DeAnthony Thomas, a, a, a yak type guy, and you bring him in to run a lot of those screens and stuff like that. He's like a fifth or sixth guy on the team. That, that might be an interesting one. DeAnthony Thomas is actually one to watch. I think I didn't realize he's a free agent, um, a yak guy. Uh, tight ends. Now, like I said, they don't run a ton of uh, those those two tight end sets, but I think if you're I think you can implement that if you get another guy. And I think having two good tight ends is, is, is a fine thing if you're not going to overpay for one. Because, listen, the Jets have Chris Hernan right now and nothing. Let's be honest. Like it, are you really going to bet anything on him? If you weren't a Jets fan, you have any idea who like it is? No. As a Jets fan, you know who Jesse James is? Yes. Like, would I rather have Jesse James backing up Herndon or coming in when they do run 12 or 22 or, or 32, whatever it may be, uh, for sure. So I, I, think, I think Jesse James is an interesting one. Um, because he can run and block. I'm not sure how Cook is at, at blocking, so um, I'm not too sure about him. And he, he's probably overpaid. He's the number one guy. Eifert might be a guy who um, you might want to bring in if he's, if he's a cheaper guy. Obviously, is really high potential, uh, but he's been injured a lot. But if you want to take a flyer on Eifert, I'd be fine with that. Uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, um, whatever, maybe uh, all these other guys. Not really anybody who's uh, who's who's standing out to me who I want to bring in like I said though if you're going to bring in a backup guy like even like would you know Neil Sterling if the, if the Jets didn't have him um no but when we watched him in preseason he's actually pretty solid he just he just battled some injuries and things like that and then he got cut so if they brought back Neil Sterling okay I'm, I'm fine with that but maybe maybe they bring in um Luke Wilson is actually pretty good with the, with the uh the Seahawks when he got traded so there's some there's some guys backup guys you might want to look at right there with the top guy I think I think if they brought in Jesse James that'd be pretty cool um tackles i don't i don't think it's gonna happen uh trent brown talked about before no way 
Uh, I don't think the Jets need to sign a tackle. I think it's really interior. I think it's left guard center uh, this year. Then maybe you draft the guy to develop as a, as a tackle. And then next year in free agency, you try to, you, if there is a tackle, you sign that tackle and you draft one. You can't replace the whole offensive line in one season. I, I think what's going to happen, they replace the center and, and, and the guard. So you're bringing two guys at positions last year who were terrible. Or not, I'm saying like the Jets or left guard and center were terrible last year. And you're bringing that to very good to, to solid. That's going to help your offensive line a lot. You 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 draft a developmental guy. Um, maybe he develops, maybe he doesn't. And then next year you dra- you, you replace another one or two. It's not a one year project. So if you, let's say you, let's say, let's say this year you get, you get Saffold and Morse. Let's not even say it's paradise. That's, that's two good players. Um, and then you play out this year with a, with a, with a rookie, like the fourth or fifth round, whatever, maybe he develops, maybe he doesn't. And then next year, um, in the draft, you, 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 with your first round pick, you draft the left tackle and then you have a whole new left side. And then, um, in free agency, maybe you, you, you pick up a right tackle or a right guard and then you replace four fifth of your offensive line in two years. You're not, you're not going to do it all in one year. So, um, tackles, I don't really see the Jets in, in that market to be completely. Uh, to be completely honest, I just I just do not see it happening. Um, this is man, uh, this list is not that deep. I think the only the only two guys that that they that I'll be happy with are Saffold or maybe Ramon Foster. Other than that, I don't really see anybody who who excites me. So this this is the whole list for me. This these, one of these two guys you have to bring in. Uh, I'd rather have uh, Roger Saffold than Ramon Foster from the Steelers. Um, but either one of those guys, you you absolutely um, need it in in my opinion. Um, looking at the centers, man, I, it's, it's, it's paradise. He's 29. He's gonna be 30 years old, but, uh, like I said, he's, he's an older rookie. So I don't, I don't, um, I'm not going to look in. He's, he's not a 30 year old who's played eight years already. He's a 30 year old who's only played, you know, five years or whatever. Mitch Morris is a guy who's younger than, than, uh, than, uh, paradise or paradise, whatever. Um, but Mitch Morris is he's really good, but he's had some injury problems already early into his career. So that's a, it's a question. Ryan Khalil, eh, I don't know. I, when I watch him, I'm not really too impressed as a, as a backup. Like he's, he's it. Like that's, that's that fallback plan. And I'm still not going to be happy if you get anything below that. Cause I don't know who this guy is. And Swanson, we watched him. He got cut as a backup center to Jonathan Harrison. So he's freaking terrible. Um, but Khalil, like that's the absolute fallback option, but I would not be happy. Morse or, or Paradise and Paradise has to be, uh, they has got to offer him just right off the back, give him $12 million. Just, that's your first offer with, with, with three years guaranteed, you know, five years, five year deal, $36 million uh, guaranteed, uh, $12 million a year over the contract. Like that, that has to be your starting point for a guy like that. Um, Edge rushers. There's a lot of people. T- this is why I, I hate like going into like February and like, even January. Like, oh, well, well, Lawrence. We can get Lawrence tagged. We can get Clowney tagged. Clark tagged. D Ford tagged. Like it always happens. There's not a lot of pass rushers here at free agency. Obviously, Trey Flowers being the most interesting guy. Guy the Patriots doesn't get a lot of numbers, but um, he's a really versatile guy. Uh, plays really well in, in a lot of different positions. Is, is like I said, pretty. Uh, versatile so I, I think adding him to play whatever position you need them to be you could, you could play interior not great in interior but that's, that's more for the, the stunts and things like that where in the interior for the Jets line if they are running stunts in the gap exchange that'd be that would actually work out pretty well you could play seven tech nine tech five tech you know two hands in the dirt standing up um you know he could he could play at, at a three-point stance he could play at everything so uh obviously he's a name you're interested in Preston Smith, uh, I, I think he's like more of like a physical freak who's not really that great. But they brought him in, whatever. Zadarius Smith, if they don't if they don't land uh, Flowers, I think Zadarius Smith is probably the next guy I'm I'm looking at. 
Um, Ezekiel Ansah, I think he's going to get paid too much. He's always injured. He's not really that good. He's a 4-3 end. He's, he's kind of he's getting older. Shaquille Barrett's an interesting one. I like what I see when I watch him on film. Uh, Brandon Graham went back to the Eagles. Um, Dante Fowler is uh, – I think he's going to get overpaid. I think he's just okay. He hasn't produced a lot with talent around him. I know he doesn't get a lot of snaps, but even when he does play, he'll, he'll make a really, really good play or two and then disappear for two games. Aaron Lynch um, – you know, these are these are all guys you're talking about like backup type type players. You're not gonna look at any of these guys to to fill a role now. Maybe if you're looking at Aaron Lynch versus, you know, um Brandon Copeland. At, but if that's really what you're going through the season with, you you can't be happy with that. Um Shane Ray, whatever. Defensive tackles, um now if they're really set, like if they love Josh Allen, they want Josh Allen in their in their in their um meeting room right now, then these guys are the top of guys you're looking at. Sue. Um, you're playing in a, if you are playing a four, three, or I think he's more, we want him in a four, three. You don't want to really want him to gap. And I think you want him more penetrating. If you're playing a four, three, uh, great. You can get Sue. Sheldon Richardson is schemed, is scheme diverse. Uh, I would bring, I would bring Richardson back, I guess. I don't love his attitude and stuff like that, but I think with the Jets on the uptick and, and in a more aggressive defense, um, his versatility, like I said, and being able to exchange gaps and stuff like that, he, he might be good. Wilkerson, no freaking way. Uh, and everybody else is, is is whatever you're talking about, guys. So you might like as as backup type guys. Like, yeah, would Marcus Sun be a good backup guy? Yeah, maybe Henry Anderson. Yeah, um, but we're more talking about the top. And I I'll be fine with with bringing uh, Richardson back or maybe even Sue in. Um, but I'm not sure how Sue's relationship. I'm not sure if people know how Sue's relationship was with uh, with uh, Adam Gase. But inside linebacker Jordan Hicks, CJ Mosley. A lot of people talk about CJ Mosley, Quan Alexander. Quan Alexander, you don't really think he fits like that well because of what the Jets already have. He's not he's not a strong side linebacker. Um, one, he's not gonna be able to take on pulling guards head on and and be be at the point of attack and really hold hold up that edge. Um, so I don't think he's a great fit. But he, he'd be he'd be a weak uh you know that will, but that's where that's where Lee is gonna be. So I don't think he's gonna get signed. Denzel Perryman. Uh, C.J. Mosley, a lot of people talk about him, and I like C.J. Mosley a lot, a lot, a lot. I like him more than Hicks. I don't know why he's below Hicks, but uh, C.J. Mosley is a top 10 inside linebacker. I think he mostly gets signed. Um, I'm not sure the Ravens cap situation, but uh, Mosley is – he can cover better than – than Avery Williamson, but he's kind of in that mold, like Thumper who can cover. Um, So – if you're signing him, you're getting rid of of Avery Williamson in a trade. That that's like the only way you can't you, you can't really fit Mosley and Avery Williamson into this. So do I see that happening? Most likely not. Um, outside linebackers, uh, let's see here. Uh, Bar clearly the number one option for whether it be three four or even if you are playing uh, even if you are playing a, a you know four three and, and he's standing up as as the uh, as the Sam. The Jets don't have a Sam right now to, to stand up on that edge who could who could both pass rush and hold up at the point of attack and who's athletic enough to get a coverage. They don't have that because Jordan Jenkins he's strong enough to play at the point of attack, but he can he can he, he can't rush from standing up as a three four. He's not versatile enough in Greg Williams' defense like what he needs, and he can't drop into coverage really. So Anthony Barr is good for whatever defense they're running. KJ Wright's another interesting guy who can do all that stuff. Um, you know as well I, I believe. Uh, Thomas Davis a little bit too old. Michael Kendricks, um, no. Uh, all the other guys, no, 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 no. 
Uh, now we're looking at corners. I think corners is the last, and then safeties. And we'll look at some kickers, I think, and then we're going to be done. I don't know how long I've been recording for. I forget all the time. Uh, but Pierre Serre, interesting guy. Um, came out of the draft, what, three, four years ago? Um, pretty solid corner. He struggled like two years ago when he played in the Colts. He's been, he was pretty good last year. Steven Nelson's an okay corner for the Chiefs. I think he's a little bit overhyped right now. Darby is a guy who – I think it is really, like when he's healthy, he's really, really, really good. Um, he, I would say he's better in the slot, but I think he can play outside as well because he's a, he's a really aggressive uh, guy who can press you. Bryce Callahan is a guy who got injured. Um, I think was like, I could be completely wrong on this, but I think the last five games of the Bears season, but he's a guy who was really on the uptick for them. Uh, Kareem Jackson's a guy who you could who you could look at and who can come in. Um, I'm not going to say, like, I'm not going to give you, like, full breakdowns of these guys because I haven't watched, like, uh, extensive film review. If they get signed, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do it. But I think the top guys, um, I would say, like, Sarah Darby, uh, Callahan, uh, Kareem Jackson. I like Darquez Lenard a little bit. I like Michigan State. Um, and he's a super aggressive, like, press guy. I think he's playing a little bit. He, the Bengals definitely play a lot more zone, but I think he's a guy who could play, who could play press. He's not like super athletic, but uh, I, I like his aggressiveness, like tackling and things like that coming out of Michigan State. Uh, Bradley Roby, um, like I said, in a full-time role, he, he struggled. I'm not, I would be super high on that. I think he's, I think he's going to get beat a lot. So I think, I think any, like I said, um, you want to add two of these guys out of, out of Denard, Jackson, Callahan, Darby, Nelson, Desaire. Um uh, moving down, Mel- Melvin's maybe not a bad a bad option. When he came from the Colts last year, he's a little bit higher up on my list. Um, but he struggled last year. But I think like taking a flyer on him uh, would be okay. Jason Brett, I really like him in terms of his technique and his and his aggressiveness. But he gets injured all the time. Morris Claiborne is a guy you might have to bring back. So um, other than that, really nothing I'm interested in. Brashad Breland was uh, Breland was great with the Redskins. He got injured and then he just fell off the, the face of the earth. Really looking at safeties. Too much money for what we, for what we need to do. Too much money. Too much money. Too much money. Um, has dropped off the face of the earth as well. Doesn't tackle. I think if you're like looking to bring, I think like bringing in Tyron Matthew or Lamarcus Joyner might be two interesting options. Guys who I said are are, are pretty versatile. He's Lamarcus Joyner is more of like a box type guy than Tyron Matthew is from at least what I've seen. I think Tyron Matthew um, is pretty scheme diverse and he can do a lot of different things. So I think he would be a pretty cool option to pair with one to pair with Adams and May and. Um, and obviously, Marcus May has shown through two years that he hasn't really stayed completely healthy. So um, he's he's a great backup option uh, for for May. He's also a guy who you could we could all fit into, uh, or we right, explain how they can fit into a big nickel, big dime type of look and what the roles that he could fill. Um, past that, it's all backup type guys. Now, you know, would you want to bring in Kenny Vaccaro as a third safety to play some some linebacker type roles? Yeah, maybe. I don't I don't know. Uh, kickers. I, whatever uh, sign Kenzer actually wasn't that bad for us Santos I know struggled a lot but uh listen who whatever if the Jets bring in I'm not gonna like lose my mind I just want to see good production but Kenzero Janikowski is pretty cool uh Matt Bryant whatever um Dan Bailey that's like a big signing of like everyone to sign him but I don't know what happened um Goskowski sure just stick it in the Patriots face and hopefully he beats him on a game-winning field goal they'd be pretty cool punter's not gonna happen um top restricted free agents like these are guys who like are mostly getting tagged or uh first round tender or whatever robbie anderson obviously for the jets are any of these guys am i looking to like trade any picks for um no there there's not anybody i'm looking to trade for um so other than that there's really 
like I said, I have a couple of guys I like, obviously, talking about the offense. You guys know with, with Saffold and Paradis and Bell that I want here. I like Tate a lot. I like Crowder a lot. The uh, Darius Smith, uh, Anthony Barr, Trey Flowers. I mean, I'm basically just naming the top guys. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but like I said, after they sign guys, if they sign 12 guys, I promise I'll have 12 reviews on them. Um, now, one might be I might watch all 16 games. If they sign a guy like a freaking – uh, I, I have no idea. Let's say they sign uh, Clayton uh, Gathers. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna watch 16 games of him, but I'll watch like four or five, six games, get a good feel for him, and then do a film review. But those those lesser film reviews of the lesser known guys, it's gonna have to wait until after the whole draft process because, um, like I said, I'm gonna have like 28 reviews of all those guys, like plenty of plays of each. I'm going to do shows about them and reviews on Twitter. Um, so it's going to take me a lot of time. So I'll review the top guys and then save the guys for after the draft. After the draft, um, going to go heavy into what the Jets did, how they fit. Uh, I'll do reviews of their two third-round guys, their fourth-round guy, their fifth-round guy, their sixth-round guy, their seventh-round guy, like directly after the draft. I'll finish them as quickly as I possibly can um, and then have that for you. And uh, to close out the show, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. One, uh, two, like I said, just leave that review and that and that rating if you can. I, I appreciate it a lot more than people know. Uh, the show does take a lot of work. And uh, email me, blow it, Joe, T O J at Gmail. I appreciate the guys on Reddit. I really do. Who, who shout? I, I don't know who you are, but I appreciate you. Um, so know that. Uh, comment on YouTube if you want a question, and watch out for those mailbags. Tweet me, and um, I will see you guys in a couple of days. I'll be interacting on Twitter uh, to see what's happening with free agency. Thanks for listening.